1: earbuds melbourne's podcast network earbudsnetwork.com
2: Hello, and welcome to Hunting Seasons, a podcast about two friends catching up on notable television shows one season at a time. I'm Broderick Gordas.
3: I'm Damask Leary.
2: And today we'll be discussing season one of Master of None. That rhymes.
3: It does rhyme. I've been, I've been <laughs> looking forward <laughs> to saying that
2: ever since I wrote it down. <laughs> How are you doing, Damask?
3: I'm pretty good. How are you? Yeah, I'm alright. I'm all right.
2: I'm, uh, I'm coming off like the high of the my football team winning the grand final last mm. week. Um, my penance for being so happy was apparently to get Gravely ill, so oh, that's what you deserve. I'm ninety so. percent better, but uh, struggling with a bit of a headache and uh, sinusy stuff today. Because that's what the listeners want to know. <laughs>
3: they
2: want to know <sighs> how much gunk is in my sinuses and yeah. my forehead at the moment.
3: Who doesn't. Well, I've been watching The Good Place.
2: Oh, right. Which should is Michael we? Michael
3: Schur's show. And
2: now, now yeah. who's who's that? Michael. He Schur, is Schur, the Schur.
3: American Office Parks and Rec. Right. Yep. He's that dude. So. When I saw he had a new show, sure. I was like, ooh, and it was available on Netflix. And it's got Kristen Bell, who I love, mm-hmm. love, love, love.
2: And Ted Danson, yeah.
3: And Ted Danson, who's fantastic in it. So, I started Becca. watching that. I finished, I'm up to the second season now. So, I think I'm up to date.
2: I've heard, without spoiling anything, I've heard that the first season ends in a cool place.
3: It really does. Yeah. yeah. Um, Confirmed. Yeah. Cool. Mm.
2: Is it a show we should discuss? Is it? Do you think it's something we should bring up on? We maybe do on the podcast. I might
3: see how the second season goes. Okay, and then I'll let you know. All right. Cool.
2: Because yep. I'm. I've heard good things, and. But the only way I get to watch any television is if we do it for the podcast, so, if yeah. you- <laughs> so it's helpful to have Big told that. Yeah, right. All right, awesome. Well, in the meantime, we have some Master of None to talk about.
3: We do. So,
2: before we begin, as always, spoiler warning, on this episode, we will be discussing everything that happens in Season 1 of Master of None. Again, it rhymes, it's great. Before <laughs> listening, we recommend watching all of Master of None Season 1. If you have not yet done so, proceed with caution, there are spoilers ahead, you have been warned. Some facts and figures for you listeners. Master of None is a Netflix original comedy slash drama ish series created by Aziz Ansari and Alan Yang. The entire first season arrived on Netflix all at once, because that's what Netflix does, on November 6, 2015, and stars Ansari as Dev Sahar, S H A H, alongside Eric Wareheim, <laughs> Lena Waithe, Kelvin Yu and Noelle Wells, and numerous cameo and guest performances throughout. Season one consists of 10 episodes, each coming in at approximately 26 minutes and took us around four hours and 20 minutes to watch.
3: It did indeed.
2: Damask, you haven't done me story synopses recently because Rick and Morty sort of was hard to do. Mm-hmm. Do you happen to have one for uh, Master of None? First I day?
3: do. Well, Master of None was pretty episodic. I've got a little rundown. It's pretty a small. bit of an arc going yeah. on. There are some
2: continuations.
3: There's something to talk about. Let's do it. All right, Master of None Season 1 Rundown. The commercial actor Dev is living his best life in New York City. He navigates the tumultuous world of Tinder dates, Plan B purchases, taco hunting, bad first dates, and whether or not he can make his own pasta. While Dev is learning to find his voice, the kind of voice that doesn't have a stereotypical accent, as well as one that defends and uplifts women, whether he fully understands their perspective or not, there is one constant, and that is Rachel. The girl that he takes to Nashville and who he spends a year falling in love with. They begin living together and domestic bliss is interrupted from time to time with the hardships and complications that come with a long-term relationship. All of this comes to a head though when they attend a wedding, one in which the bride and groom show absolute certainty about who they want to love for the rest of their lives. This shakes Dev to the core, and for the guy who has a hard time choosing which taco place to eat at, he is left feeling unsure about his future with Rachel. But he's not alone. Rachel herself is also unsure about her career, about whether she's at the stage where she can give up on her dreams of escaping to Japan... Ultimately, though, she decides that there is more out there for her and she won't be satisfied with living in New York with Deb forever. And so, Deb is forced to make his own choice and his love of pasta wins. Off to Italy, he goes, just like that.
2: All right. Very good, Damas. Thank you very much for that. That was a nice, concise sort of... Uh, encapsulation of the yeah, main events that happened. Very in the series. unlike
3: me not to just waffle on. for I know three that was hours. really good. Well done. <laughs> that was
2: almost the blurb on the back of a DVD I or something know. like that. You could. Oh, uh, that, there's a job. That is a job. Mm. Copy for stuff like that would be great. That'd be fun. It Would be good. Um, do you have a five word summation? I surely do. Go for it.
3: It is complex and nuanced relationship study.
2: Complex and nuanced relationship study. Wow, there's a lot of syllables in there, but five words. So <laughs> well done.
3: Thank you. What about you?
2: Flawless execution to a fault.
3: To a fault.
2: To a fault. Okay. It's 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 not a big flawless yeah, yeah, yeah. with a flaw. Yeah, mm. kind of, yeah. It's um We can almost start I can imagine
3: you typing that just really chuffed.
2: No, I was trying to think of a way to say it and find the right words for it. Because ultimately, let's start out just sort of general discussion now. I think we're going to go through this many episode by episode. But maybe let's just talk a bit about what we think about the whole show Mm -hmm. first. Um, What I'm trying to get out there, it's not a huge fault at all. Mm. Because the show is kind of faultless. Right. To the point almost where it's it's not boring. It's definitely not boring but it it's so polished to like a mirror shine mm. that it's it kind of doesn't it's not so it's i guess it's missing risk taking or something like that it's missing something to like really bite into and like I found memorable, so it was interesting watching the series again. Mm. So we we watched this the first season. I haven't seen the second season yet, but I think you have. You haven't? No, no, because we're doing it next week. Okay, right. So for some
3: reason, I thought you had. No,
2: no, I was saving it. Once I knew we were going to do it for the show, I saved it. Because I
3: was watching season two while we were doing Louis, Louis, and that that was really hard. Completely ruined
2: Louis for you. (laughs) It did. Um. So, but we watched. Did we watch this together when we were still living together? I think well,
3: maybe episodes here and there. I think so.
2: Yeah, but I watched like the whole first season in like a day or two Mm. because it's you know only four hours or whatever. And I remember really liking it, and then hearing that season two was coming out, but I didn't jump on it straight away. I didn't have that like super desired thing. And coming back to this, I actually kind of put it off for a lot of the week leading up to because I wasn't like biting at the, Mm. jumping at the bit to, to. Watch it again. There was no part of it that made me go, I can't wait to watch that scene again. I can't wait to experience that moment again. Mm. I remembered some of the clever things it did, but it's, I don't know, it doesn't like stir emotion in me a whole lot. It makes me think, it makes me reflect on my own life a lot, but it's because of what it is, it just didn't sort of fully... Dig its claws into me, I guess. Yeah, I remember the, that's barely the, That's not really a criticism because part of it is it's just so good at what it's doing that it's just hard to fault it. Yeah,
3: I mean, the first time I watched it, I remember feeling like watching, I was like, this is, I know this is a good show. Yeah. I I can tell that, but I feel like it's keeping me, like, arm's, arms length. length. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's maybe a good way of putting it. That was, that was the first time I watched it. And right. I think re watching it, I had a, different, a very different experience.
4: Oh, okay. I had
3: much more of an emotional connection to what was happening.
4: Do you think
2: it helps that you've seen season two?
3: Maybe. Yeah. yeah that, that could be a part of it. Yeah. Or maybe I'm just like in a different place Place now. I'm not sure. Yeah. But I was certainly con- connecting to it a lot more. Though I, I agree. There are some episodes where I'm like, I, I see what you're doing. And I think what you, you're doing it really well. Um, just from a, s- a strict storytelling perspective and like great dialogue beautifully shot yeah but the emotional connection isn't there the emotional stakes aren't there i guess
2: i think that might be part which of it which isn't
3: necessary all the time but yeah. th- you know for me i'm a very emotional person and i like that stuff
2: and i'm 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 looking for i guess i'm like i'm looking for a flaw and mm. the biggest flaw i can come up with is that it's almost it's so risk averse that it's, it doesn't take any risks to be flaw to to have flaws almost mm-hmm. which again barely barely criticism i'm not holding this against it in any major way but it was the one thing i got to the end of the series and thought like it doesn't have high highs i mean it's got no low lows but it doesn't have super high highs in there either mm. um i find trying to choose a favorite and least favorite episode really hard because they're all pretty great and it's like there's just i don't know there's wasn't so much to dig into for me here that on that purely because the, then you can talk about like it's shot beautifully mm-hmm. it's a really well shot way better than Lou. and we're going to compare this to louis a bit i think way better shot than louis ever was mm-hmm. the script is great the yes, dialogue is great, great, great almost so good it's kind of like super scripted and twee at times but never to the point where it irritates me just to the point i'm kind of like oh, well it's it feels really written If that yeah, makes yeah
3: there are certain moments where i'm cringing and being like there's definitely a better way to be tackling this sure um and it's and i sometimes i think when you have a great knack for just straight up dialogue yeah. just bam 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 between people sometimes you can rely on that a bit too much sure. to kind of tell your perspective and i think they do fall into that a little bit sometimes sometimes they
2: basically may just, they just have a discussion like a debate that it's not woven into any sort of story it, they just talk mm-hmm. like people will literally talk about like modern issues yeah and they just like have a discussion and that's not necessarily i mean it's still an entertaining enough discussion but it's also not great storytelling if that makes sense yeah and you're, you're taking the character out of that moment it just becomes a
3: and and sometimes it feels like and maybe this is because the people in this show i think politically and you know emotionally and stuff i align with quite easily yeah, that when too. they're having those conversations i'm like well yeah obviously or you know you know what i mean like they're not saying anything that is giving me a new perspective sure. or saying something that I find particularly interesting i was like i feel like i know that already yep. i feel like most you know emotionally intelligent people understand that they're not really diving deep into anything there so i was like eh. it's yeah if, if sometimes it feels a little overwritten but lacking in a strong Perspective, or at least even opposing ideas.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, the closest I think um, the good example of this. Maybe we aren't going to do the episodes thing. We'll see how we go here. <laughs> is the episode, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah. Which is um, which I quite like in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. I think it's a cool episode of television to have. But like Dev has to be sort of our bad guy in this. By the end mm. of it, he's sort of the guy who's. Can't, like starting to understand feminism for the first time and what that really means, and actively taking that perspective and trying to apply it to his life and how he works. And then he's coming, he's sort of starting to get into it, but then disagrees on one point yeah. when it comes to how um, his two female friends are treated by his director. And mm-hmm. it's like that's the closest thing to a bad guy we really get.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, for. The majority of that episode. Oh, and the guy I,
2: that follows that woman home, which he's, he's a creep. But yeah.
3: <laughs> For the majority of that episode, I was like, Yeah, I, I can see how this is cool, but also kind of obvious
2: and whatever. Obvious is the word that comes to mind yeah, sometimes. Yeah. And it,
3: it wasn't until that last flip at the end where we see Dev. Um, not really acknowledging yeah. what, how the women in his life are feeling. Because it's easy to be the good guy, the mm. nice or oh, that idea of the nice guy and being like, oh, some guy's masturbating on the train. That is wrong. And I know that's wrong
4: because
3: yep. I'm a good guy. Um, but then also, like seeing how it's just the little things that are, add up yep. to women who aren't are overtly persecuted yeah. necessarily, but it's those small things. Um, that show them that they're thought of differently, that kind of you know scratches away at you a little bit over time, um so I think like that last little bit is quite cool, mm-hmm. but yeah, the lead up I'm like, eh, I'm enjoying this episode, but also duh,
2: you know, yeah, yeah, yeah obvious, obvious is a really good word for it. Mm. There are I think a few obvious moments and obvious scenes this that episode as well starts with. The the female the lady the female the woman walking home <laughs> and she's being followed and just her like and that like the music plays like it's obviously mm. a really tense and it's sort a, of like scary moment for she's got the, the nine one from Halloween I think is that like, what it is yeah. right and then meanwhile uh, Dev and Andy Arnold Arnold thank you are walking home and. They've got, don't worry, be happy, is their soundtrack. Like, they're like, <laughs> their concerns are nothing. Yeah. They have nothing to worry about because they're men and they don't have to worry about anything as they walk home through New York City. And like, as correct, as true, as even funny an observation that is, it's also extremely obvious and one that if it hasn't been made um, once before, it's been made a million times before. Mm, yeah. Um. But like having your show I'm glad it's there it yeah. fits with everything else that you're doing and it's yeah
3: and it, and it is funny and it's, it's still f- funny. it's a funny way to show that yeah. <laughs> um because I actually just as like a little short I enjoyed that scene I did think it was really particularly like the way it starts in which that woman is at the bar and the guy buys her shot oh, yeah and it's just so like
4: oh why't well, throw these out yeah. now
3: <laughs> she's just like what I didn't ask for it but, yeah. yeah um yeah so there's some great comedy moments in it which is which is good, because I think oftentimes we might have a similar situation in Louis. so we're going to talk about Louis a bit. Yeah. But is it necessarily funny?
4: Yeah, yeah.
3: Whereas they, I think they find the balance a lot better in this show.
2: D- the choice as well to just not make it the most dire thing. So this guy following her home, as fucked up as it is, mm. that someone would do that. Louis. Yeah, Re- yeah, yeah. That's like, exactly Season what happened in Louis. True. And is Louis is the creep. And he's the creep, that's right. The, her reaction when she does call the cops is not one of terror and like you know that she's scared for her life. She's obviously scared and upset by this, but mm. it's almost exasperation. Yeah, she's like, I need some
3: assistance. I need
2: some assistance, and this has happened before, yeah. and this happens a lot. Mm-hmm. And the 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 show comes to like I think that's that's a good way way to be. It's not like. This is always a super scary. I know I'm not always in danger when this happens, but man, this happens all the time, and that sucks yeah. for women. Yeah. And like, get on our level that this is just, this is just annoying this and shit. This is a part of it, yeah. This yeah. is a part of our existence. Yeah. It's
3: a, it's a, and incon- we have
2: to have had to just accept yeah. and deal with It's
3: an inconvenience that has dire consequences, I guess, if it does get to oh, that it can, stage. can absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But, When it doesn't, it's it's you know it is inconvenient when you have to take the long way home because it's better lit. You have to walk in the middle of the street with like you know half the emergency number already dialed in your phone or the keys in between your fingers just you Mm -hmm. know just in case. It's like all these little things that you have to think about. But every
2: woman knows those tricks too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on the Louis thing. Mm. In a lot of ways, this shares DNA with Louis. Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't have the Uh, The stand-up comedian thing, but it is about an entertainer, Mm -hmm. essentially. In New York. In New York. Um, There is a lot more continuity than Mm -hmm. Louis has, but each episode tends to be its own little short film, almost. It deals with an issue, or it's like an extended skit at times, Mm -hmm. um, which is similar to Louis. Um, it's obviously about a very different sort of person, still a man, but 30 yep. and, um, and it, yeah, it's
3: also helmed by creators who clearly have some sort of love or at least understanding of, you know, French wave cinema and like yes. Italian neorealism, like just stylistically, it's not the same, but similar. It's a wow, similar this podcast vibe just there.
2: went up way higher and like <laughs> it's a uh, pedigree all of a sudden. Mm,
3: that's right. I've got new a new wave French cinema. Oh my I'm God. smoking a pipe I look very cool. <laughs> I've also got a beret. On. I was going to say beret, yeah. just slightly tilted to <laughs> the side. Yeah, yeah. turtleneck, all about it.
2: Turtleneck, mm. little sunglasses mm-hmm. for some. Why? It's in, we're inside. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that absolutely. And then yes. So whereas Louis was a middle aged white man with kids, divorced. This is about that thirty something sort of starting to leave their 20s behind, having Mm. to make some big decisions about their life. Um, A second-generation American as Mm -hmm. well, which is really interesting. Um, And one of the things that's great about this show is it is very representational and has all sorts of great um, female and male um, characters in this. Um, And we've got Asian characters, Indian characters, black characters. Beautiful. Just... and. Comments on it, and sometimes doesn't comment on it. Like yeah. no, like just is. Especially mm. the first episode, um, which is a lot about sort of which we can start talking about the first episode actually, which is called Plan B, B. where it's a lot about uh, the idea of like kids and whether these people even want to have kids, what it means to have a family, mm. how it's going to change their life. I'm so not- just
3: going back a little bit sure, when we're talking sure. about like the range of people that we're seeing in yeah. the show. This show takes place in New York. Yes. The fact that this is, ooh, look how diverse this cast is. It's like things are shot or set in New York all the fucking time, just filled with white people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, the things like girls or even going back me like friends and stuff. Louis, it's like, and yeah. Louis, it's like, of course, like this, sh- this shouldn't be a new thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad it's happening, but it certainly shouldn't be a new thing. There's a diverse range of people in a show in fucking New York City with like 9 million people. From all walks of life.
2: you About you fucking time. You still haven't seen Spider-Man Homecoming yet, have you? No. Well, it's set in New York. Yeah. And one of the great things about it mm. is that without, I don't think it gets a single mention at any stage, it is extremely, I, I mean, apart from Peter Parker being white and the bad guy being white. <laughs> or white on white crime. White males. What a shame. Um Realistically, especially the high school and especially the communities that that Spider-Man is sort of doing his thing in, Mm -hmm. extremely diverse. Um, The Mary, oh, mm, okay, maybe a slight, slight spoiler here. Oh, come
3: on, don't.
2: Yeah. Uh, Anyway, there is (laughs) the bully. The bully is Mm -hmm. an Indian nerd, um, or Indian American nerd. Um, He's just uh, anyway, without getting too much into it, it is very diverse in its yeah. casting. A and reflection
3: of the actual New York area and, time. and the time. Yeah.
2: And never says it, but people noticed it. Yeah. Especially people of colour.
3: Of course. Who
2: were like, holy crap, this... Sh- this Because is-
3: they're thirsting for it. Yeah. Because they don't get the opportunity, you know. I mean, it's weird that you and I... Australians can like see ourselves more often than you know an Indian American can. Yeah, Just like what the fuck is going on? Yeah, that's yeah. C-
2: whoa. Yeah, mm, that's that's an interesting point. Um, anyway, yeah, you see that film already? Jesus,
3: I not I'm sorry. Well, it's not in the movies I think anymore. I think, I
2: think it's it's very close to being out on Blu-ray. We'll, we'll Good. do we'll do a we'll do a because I wouldn't
3: party. want to illegally download a film. That's wrong. <laughs>
2: Um, was Don't any- look on my hard drive. <laughs> was there anything else about? Uh, yeah, was there something else you want to go with that? With the just that it was a, a good reflection of actual New York. For a no, change? that's just
3: I just wanted to acknowledge that.
2: Sure. Anyway, well, let's talk about episode one then. Plan B starts mm-hmm. with Dev and Rachel yes. in bed, making nasty. Love. <laughs> Very different ways of saying that, <laughs> wasn't it? Um, and uh, the condom breaks, mm. and they have to deal with it, and. Can't figure out what they're going to do, and they decide to go and get a Plan B pill. And they Very smart, very make, responsible. The, very responsible. Go out and have that awkward Uber ride. Uh, <laughs> it's one get, of my
3: favourite lines. I just didn't want you to think I was being stingy with, with the Uber. Ubers. Which is, I, I feel like that's something I would say. Just like, I just want to acknowledge it, that I would have gone with the expensive thing. Does
2: anyone ever choose Uber Black? No. No, no one chooses Uber Black. But if
3: it was like, it's coming here sooner... I don't know. I oh, I would just want no.
2: The Uber Black was fifteen minutes. Yeah, away. no, that's what I oh, mean. Right. But if it was the other way, I yeah. would just
3: like to communicate to them that I'm I'm not I'm not you know not indulging them because I I think less of them. Sure. It's purely yeah. Because <laughs> Uber Blacks is. are way too expensive. <laughs> it's uh, absurd.
2: Yeah, it's absurd. Uh the, yeah, and so they go and have the awkward conversation and that's sort of our cold open, essentially, is just... What's interesting, I think, about that scene in, on reflection is that Rachel ends up actually being a main character and could mm-hmm. have very easily just been a... One-off. One-off. It felt like a cameo, like just a a, a moment mm-hmm. um that we would not see this person again. Yeah, I
3: I'd, well, the first time watching it, I didn't think we would see her again. No, no. Because that's what we we're did. used to, I think.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And then from there... He, Dev's telling the story to his friends, and they start to discuss the whole idea of kids and so on and so forth. And really, that's what the episode comes down to. He spends some time looking after a friend's kids for the afternoon, um, having fun with them at first, starting to see the complexities of it. He's exhausted by the end of it. Mm. Um, comes to find out that his friend, who initially told him how amazing being a, uh, a father was, actually is getting divorced from his wife because... The whole thing is, like, having kids seems to have ruined their marriage, yeah. essentially. Well, they
3: got married too soon and then, I mean, like, they, they had a yeah, baby and stuff. Had a like, baby within
2: six months of knowing each other. That was an interesting call. Yeah. <laughs> um, not judging anyone who's done that, but, mm, okay, it's, I wouldn't have done it. It's
3: risky. It's risky Risky, do definitely.
2: And uh, what did you think of this episode in general?
3: It was fine. Mm. Um, yeah, I thought... Raving
2: endorsement there.
3: <laughs> I mean, the, the, I felt the dialogue was really good. I thought... The circumstances that Dev finds himself in with these kids feels really organic and true. Yeah. And I, I they it was
2: the a they want him to have vanilla ice cream? <laughs> like, no, you're having vanilla ice cream too. It's like, oh
3: Yeah, ooh. sometimes you don't have any choice. Yeah. yeah. And also just like in the in the line waiting for the toilet and he asks
4: that oh, woman. I love that like bit.
3: that's a great little moment. And I love it he ends that interaction with being like, Look, I didn't mean to offend either of you and i'm very sorry i was like yeah well that's that's fair but also those women should have helped him like why are they spiting this child just because this guy said something slightly offensive anyway um yeah so i i really enjoyed that stuff i also loved that you know he's he's tossing up just even the concept of having kids and then we get the the two perspectives of this woman obviously she has a hectic life, and these kids are a lot of work, but she seems pretty happy, and she loves her kids and the guy who feels like well his life is falling apart, which he puts on yeah having having kids and that it's too much and all that stuff so he's he's seeing these two different perspectives, which i like yeah but and i and I think it's just as you know we get older and we kind of get to that age and friends are having kids, there's no yes or no about whether it's the right or wrong decision.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's...
3: And that's the complexity of getting older, is realising there isn't a book that tells you what to do. Yeah. You kind of just either have to take the leap or not.
2: So, that's, 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 there's a couple of things there. Number one being, I like this, there's no conclusion mm-hmm. on this. We don't know what Dev really ultimately thinks about this at the yeah. end of it. It's just a very interesting exploration of that idea and from a lot of different perspectives and him experiencing basically being a parent for half a day, which is interesting. Number two is, as you were saying, and will be true of a lot of episodes, extremely relatable to people hitting that 30 mark in their yeah. life, including ourselves. <laughs> and I know for a fact, I was always someone who was sure I was going to have kids. Yeah. And as I get sort of right, I'm, I realized I think tomorrow at six months until I'm 30, exactly. I'm, I'm doing the calculations in my head. <laughs> Ooh, I can wow. feel that. Don't clock, start doing clock that. Clock ticking, man. man. Don't start doing that. Um, the Your ovaries are shriveling up. Exactly. Quick. Um yeah, really starting to consider, well, if it doesn't happen, I don't think it will be – I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Mm. I might – I probably will regret it if I didn't have kids and vice versa. I might regret not having kids <laughs> if I have kids. I yeah. think people who do, you know, realise they're missing out on things once they're a parent. Mm-hmm. But I think
3: that's also a part of getting older is realising that no one lives, like, a complete, a life completely – without regret there's always going to be something where you're like I wish I had done that I wish I had done this I mean there's always going to be that part of you and I think uh, one of the heartbreaking things about getting older is realising that being like yeah oh you just kind of have to live with regret sometimes yeah absolutely and that's okay that's just the state of being
2: yes absolutely and that I mean there's a great moment in the last episode which really talks about like those choices laid before Mm. us and having to make decisions that aren't there is no right there is no correct answer Mm -hmm. to this question there's just choices, and you have to yeah. make one eventually. Before they before they disappear, they're not choices anymore. Um, yeah, I, yeah, it's a very relatable episode. I think it's a pretty solid. It's interesting because as a pilot of it. it doesn't go out of its way to like introduce us to everybody yeah. and like
3: it's not it's necessarily indicative of what's to come. No. What the kind of show we are going to see.
2: It barely like it doesn't lay at the foundations of like here is the base standard of where everyone's at. Mm-hmm. And like we're just gonna sort of keep going to leaving and returning to this space over and over and over again, which is often what happens with pilots. Yeah. It sets like the expectation. It does set an expectation in terms of what the format looks like, of what the sorts of topics will be, about Mm. what the show is ultimately about. Yeah. But like Louis, it's every episode is pretty distinct from the next. Yeah, with
3: subject matter and style, yes, Yes, this pilot does that, but with expectations of how an episode will actually work, will function, is is not particularly there, which I think is exciting.
2: And what's... Good for this, and often pilots do poorly. Is that they can feel very removed from the rest of the show because they feel like they're trying to do too much. Whereas this one, you could have placed this, you know, apart from the start scene with Rachel, mm-hmm. placed this two, three episodes in, and you wouldn't know that it was, it was meant to be the pilot. Yeah, which is, I think, what it says is it's probably all conceived as one thing, and again, polished so perfectly over time <laughs> until it like, gets to the point of shooting it, just so well made that it. Uh, it just blends in perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say on it above that. And actually, that's kind of one of my points as well, is I don't have a huge amount of comments in general. I have a few little points here and there as we go along, more about the topics than about any specific event or like character moment or anything like that, because it all kind of ends up being not completely turgid, but just slightly... Yeah, at arm's length. Yeah. I, mean, I don't get invested.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's one of those shows that if you don't find something to identify with in there, then I don't know how much there's going to be to talk about this show. Or you're not going to connect with it in any way.
2: But the, the it's more of like a jumping off point. Just to have a discussion with friends about your own experience. You don't end up talking well, about yeah, that's the show. What, that's what I mean. Like yeah.
3: emotional connection. Like, oh, that made me feel this way because I... Have either I'm either feeling it now or have in the past and that's what you yeah, that's what you end up talking about. I'll, yeah,
2: agreed. It, I just just sort of thinking about now all the discussions they have when it's when it's Dev and sort of his um two or three best friends mm-hmm. talking. And so often the discussion is so respectful and there is no like animosity or fighting, they just talk and then Dev will have like a realization or be a little bit more enlightened and move on. And so there's never that like, oh, Dev was in the wrong there. Oh, I really felt for um, Arnold in that scene, or whatever it might be, it just sort of like it. I, I, there's nothing to 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 talk about there on an emotional standpoint. It just sort of like, okay, that was cool discussion about I don't know texting people. Like it, was just, <laughs> it just was a thing. Yeah, it, uh, it's 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 interesting. It's it could almost be just like an article or something. Anyway, uh, mm.
3: yeah, that's interesting. Yeah.
2: Pe- pe- well, yeah, it's I don't know.
3: Cause yeah, it's more of the, like the circumstances other than the characters within them.
2: Yeah, 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 it's just these; these are the vessels we use to to explore these ideas, these topics, these mm. situations. But but the characters don't have a the characters as they are. It's not like Community where like you know you have Troy and Jeff butting heads because they're approaching this thing, but they're Hugely larger than life personalities are going to um, clash here. That doesn't happen. They just, they just go through them, and we sort of explore that, and then it ends. <laughs> and we continue to talk about it later if we want to, or we'll move on to the next episode. Anyway, it's it's very interesting. Mm. It's it's an in- I. I'm trying to think of another show that's like that's that. That's
3: what I was trying to do while you were. Talking. Just
2: is Star is like you've watched Generations. I haven't. Is Star Trek like that? To the characters, how much do the characters clashing? How much Generations? That yeah. Well, like, I no, sorry. No, sorry uh, oh, you watch Voyager, sorry. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't know what that one's like at all. But I feel like there's like is that a, I I'm talking completely out of my ass here because I haven't watched <laughs> very much Next Generation at all. Um is that like I, I I hear it talked about that it's a show because it's like that post-Utopian. Mm. world, right, where there is no racism anymore. There's no things like this. So, it doesn't seem like there could be a whole lot that makes people clash. It'd be more about just like exploring a scientific concept or yeah, I mean, political I th- ideal and yeah. then moving on to the next and going, oh, well, that was that's, the, that's what mm. we thought about that and move on. Well,
3: yeah, sometimes it is a little bit like that, but also because particularly in Voyager, like they're in a part of space that has never yeah. been explored before. And so they're coming across things that they have never seen. And while they might live in a society that is very idealistic mm-hmm. um and has a strong idea of what it is, they are constantly challenged on a personal level. Okay. Whether they can live to that standard, I suppose, and how how you exist with each other. Sure. Yeah.
2: Oh, that's that's interesting. Okay, so mm. so challenging that idea of like, of what a utopian society or like the Just, the ideals that we hold yeah, li- to be I mean, self-evident and then standard is yeah, hard,
3: yeah. and you know you're not always going to nail it. You know what I mean? It's yeah, cool.
2: exploring that. Um, yeah, I can't think of another show that sort of does what this show does. Not not so um, cleanly or without like I, I don't know. It's really hard to describe. It,
3: yeah, it's, there, there are shows. Yeah, the cleanly is a good way to put it because there are shows that deal with funny circumstances or whatever that kind of just move the characters through them. But I also don't have any emotional response to that. But I have an emotional. It's probably just because I'm of the um of the right age that I'm attaching things to it.
2: Sure. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I I see it as a mirror. It's like it's a yeah. it's a, it's a, it, I look into it and I it helps me to reflect on my own place and I identify with the what is what these people are going through. But like I don't I, I'm like I guess I identify with Dev and Rachel's relationship, but I'm trying to, like, really think about these characters and how I feel about the characters, how I feel about them. I know how I feel about characters in Community. I know how I feel about characters in Parks and Rec. I know how I feel yeah. about characters It might in also Breaking be that... I don't have a lot of feelings about these characters. Other than
3: a few scenes, and I literally mean a few scenes, we don't see them feel a lot. We see them have, like, smart asides or an opinion about something. But when like really like raw feelings we don't see very often.
2: Yeah, um how often do you see Dev like a couple of times you'll see him get frustrated for a moment mm-hmm. and then be like ah whatever. Yeah. And like literally just go ah it's cool cuz he's a cool guy. Yeah. But like there's not the- a
3: lot of vulnerability there. Yeah. So that's kind of hard yeah. to connect with or empathise with. There is a couple of great yeah, that's, scenes. Yeah, that's what I mean. There are, f- there are a few scenes where you see that, which is, you know, towards, towards, the yeah, end. towards the end, which yeah. is when I'm like, ooh, yeah, this is, this is what I'm down for. Yeah, I do like that stuff. Yeah. So without vulnerability, it is hard to attach to people, I think.
2: I, I think yeah, the other thing we're going to maybe rush through this and get to the end, because that's where maybe the meat <laughs> of the stuff is. Yeah. Um, parents. Dev and Brian try to show their appreciation for their immigrant parents uh, at a joint family dinner. So this is a very interesting is episode talking mm. about something which I think a lot of people of our generation uh, are capable of is maybe either n- n- taking for granted there that we live in a very fortunate period in, in Earth's history. We have everything we could ever want and all the opportunities before us, and have had to do very little to fight for it. Some of us in, yeah, in different ways. That's-, that's not always true, but certainly I feel like that.
3: Yes, we're coming from a, a privileged standpoint, a privileged and, and standpoint. for people like us, that is true. Yes.
2: And we maybe take our parents for granted what they've been through, especially interesting from a parent, uh, children of immigrants perspective. Mm -hmm. I appreciate being able to see that. I think that's cool. We probably haven't seen enough of that on television, though we're getting more and more of that bit by bit, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Um, And just the idea of trying to learn more about our parents and stuff is very noble and very good. I've got very little to (laughs) add to that, though. It's like, cool, that's a good episode. That is about something that we should all... You know, could all reflect on:
3: Yeah, I when I first watched this episode, <laughs> yeah, I hated it. Did you really? I really didn't like it. I was so baffled about what I was seeing. Oh, okay. I was I didn't like Dev and his friend whose name I the, can't this is remember. the closest they come
2: to being assholes. Yeah, because the way they like talk about that X Men movie and like how they're like, oh, "I'm going to see the X Men movie now."
3: Yeah, I really didn't like them. Yeah. I did not like either of their performances, and then on top of that, we had the casting choice for Aziz Ansari to put oh, his yeah. parents in the role. That's an interesting choice. That's So I was just about. like, "What the frick is this?" I mm-hmm. have. N- I was so confused. I thought. The dialogue wasn't great. The story structure wasn't great either. I was just like, oh, I don't like any of this. Uh-huh. And on the rewatch, I was like, it's not as bad as I thought. Right. There are still some things. I think I am more charmed by, the, by his parents now than I first was. Yeah. I now...
4: Well, you yeah, kind of I, I, see you, you,
2: you expected it too. Like it's the difference between exactly. when like all of a sudden you've just got these people who can't act yeah. well, who are think, into like, this show. I
3: knew that he had put his parents in it. I did yeah. not think that they were not performers to that extent. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, oh wow, okay, that's that's interesting. I'm yeah, I was certainly more challenged by it this time. Um I and obviously I am not a first generation Second generation? second generation? He's a second generation. Second generation Australian. Mm-hmm. My family's been here for a very long time. I, I'm completely foreign to that experience. Yeah. Um, Me too. So, I acknowledge that. Where so wide does they come? Yeah. So, so, I might not understand the importance of, that, of seeing that story and I recognize that it is an imp- important story to tell. Yeah. But I think... Even in the editing, if you have actors who aren't great, mm-hmm. the editing needs to be really on point and lifting them up. And there was a particular scene where they actually go out for dinner,
4: yeah.
3: that the acting was stilted. The yeah. editing made it feel even more awkward. Yep. Those, like, cuts to laughing that just didn't seem to match what was being said. It was just, yeah, it was kind of all
2: over the place for it, me. it. it what you're what you're saying when you say the edit right it's an interesting thing because editing is often said to be like the art of editing is making it invisible right mm-hmm. and so when you have these actors or well, these performers parents who aren't actors yeah all of a sudden the entire experience become you you notice that you're in a show a construct it doesn't feel natural anymore mm-hmm. so you start to notice things like the editing which is trying to fix this but is super visible yes. all of a sudden um, and that's totally true that I I think there are uh, elements of the parents which are charming. It's a great like I see I see the idea of having them be in there, that he mm-hmm. wants to make it seem more honest or real or coming from a place of truth, but ultimately that's what good actors will do anyway, so you don't really need <laughs> to have parents in there. So yeah. it I think I kind of enjoy on some sort of ironic level the dad in particular, especially yes. a few other times we see him later in the season.
3: Just the amount of times he says man in a yeah, sentence man.
2: is funny to me. Yeah,
3: yeah, and I also acknowledge that this is kind of, although like he just says he couldn't find anyone that he could cast as his mum or dad, so he just got his mum and dad because no one really felt right. But also, I mean, that's part of the style of near-realism as well is like sure. oftentimes they will cast people who aren't necessarily actors yep. and it gives the either film or in this case the show a different rhythm. Yep. And I think now because I had a greater understanding of what the show was, particularly because I had seen season two as well, I realised that that rhythm is intentional Sure, and it's not a mistake, which the first time watching it, I thought it was a mistake. Yeah.
2: Okay, interesting. Mm. Yeah, um, I, I think either of those perspectives are accurate though. Like your initial reaction, totally totally fair <coughs> pardon me and so and also uh that second reaction that it actually fits and that mm. it's totally un- uh totally true to what they're trying to do also true i don't mm-hmm. think <coughs> <coughs> excuse me cough cough yeah cough cough the um but also yeah that's again i think it's a symptom of this show just sort of Being this little thought experiment, not really being an emotional... Like, we don't have to have um, a super emotional investment in the parents. Mm -hmm. So, we don't need those performances to be much more than they are. As much as they can make you go, oh, this is a television show and see that. It also doesn't get in the way of exploring the idea, oh, yeah, maybe we should be getting to know our parents a little bit better. and And I think... A lot. What helps as well is that a lot of that emotional heavy lifting gets done with those flashbacks, which mm. I love. Those flashbacks, I loved like going back to see what Dev's parents were doing. How he, his dad's story, mm. killing that chicken, and then becoming a doctor and having to work in the. Fa- his sorry, dad didn't wrong, kill way a around, wrong way yeah. around. Wrong way around. Yeah, but coming to, Brian, coming to America, that's Brian. America, a name. I'm Brian. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. Brian's dad's the one who kills the chicken and, yeah. and ends up the Chinese restaurant. Correct.
3: I, I think my my favorite bit was it was during that scene where they're at the. All, at the dinner table together and Dev asked his mum what she did on that first day and she was like, yeah. I just sat on the couch and cried, which is honest but also a really funny line and yeah. his reaction is funny. Like I thought that was like, oh, it's really sweet that he asked his mother that but then like the reality is sad but also funny. Yeah, I like I really enjoyed that moment and there's glimpses in this episode that I do really enjoy. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree the flashbacks are really good. Um, and then also, when we see flashbacks though a little bit further in time, when Deb is a young kid and he you know has a computer and all these all these things yeah. that his dad could never even dream of. um, I thought that was really lovely
2: the, the there there is a real distressing, sad irony to him, yeah working hard to get Dev that computer and then Dev not having the time to help him with his iPad. That is really sad. It makes me feel like really guilty as a son for any time I've sort of been like, oh dad again with the printer (laughs) problems or whatever. Like there's a real truth to that.
4: Mm.
2: Again. But that's more it's me reflecting that and applying that to my life and, and having it mean something to me then, not because it happens so much to the characters. Yeah. Can we move on? Sure. Episode three, Hot Ticket. Dev's plan to score a date with a pretty waitress by inviting her to a concert doesn't have quite the result he wanted. This is almost an episode of two halves. It's the first half of just him sort of like navigating the politics of like how to use this ticket to get a date. (laughs) and like the right right, and wrong way to go about it. So it's just like a funny little exploration of like dating etiquette in a way of like texting and then not getting a reply and how to do that and then whether she was rude for not telling him earlier and then what he does, he offers the ticket to three different women and then Mm. eventually that falls through. Anyway, the whole thing that goes on there. And then the second half is him going on this date with this woman and finding out she's actually kind of an awful human (laughs) being.
3: Not kind of. She is <laughs> yeah. an awful human being. Uh this is a oh. Before I go on, I want to acknowledge that this story of this so story by sure is Harris Whittles, who passed away from a drug overdose. Oh, um, he's from like Parks and Rec, and he's a, he's a great comedy writer. Oh, right, he's worked a lot. Um, yeah, young guy, unfortunately, died of a drug overdose. So oh, that's there's really sad. There's, Bits of him in this season, which is nice that it could exist after he had passed away. So I just want to ig- acknowledge that.
2: Also, just occurred to me normally when we start a new show, we talk about like why we wanted to watch the show and so mm. forth. For me, and Zizansari Ansari was the big draw card for me, having liked him in Parks and Rec yes. primarily okay. and seen a little bit of his stand up.
3: Yeah I, yeah, I really loved him as Tom Haverford. And yep. when I'd seen his stand up, I was like, he's incredibly funny. Yeah. So I was like, well, if he's writing a show or putting a show together, it's going to be really good. Yeah.
2: And then I heard good things and I was like, mm. oh, got to watch it then.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah, there were... Kind of... I don't, yeah, I don't know how I feel about this episode. Uh, uh, spoiler
2: alert, this is my least favorite episode. Yeah, mine of the as episode.
3: well. <laughs> yeah. God just, damn it, just, I hate when we're exactly the same. Ah, uh, it sucks, doesn't it? Yeah, it does suck. Uh, why do we get along so well? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I only feel like I laughed out loud, like, in one bit, which is when I think Denise is playing her voicemails of Princess Love, a.k.a. Lil Funyuns. Yeah. That made me laugh, just the voicemail after voicemail after voicemail. So I didn't find hey, it particularly. Princess
2: Love here. <laughs> Princess
3: Love here. Um, just hilarious. Um, I don't know who the actress is who did those vo- no. <laughs> voicemails, but well done. Um, oh, and actually another scene in that. Episodes during when they're filming the sickening, yes, and oh so yeah, the, the si- sickening. Yeah, yeah. The, the scientists are in their little lab or whatever, and the sickening starts killing them, um, and they're dying. And then I think it's like the general, whatever, is watching them die and starts saying like, "I pledge allegiance to the flag." And it's just yeah. like it's so I pled- perfect. I pledge
2: allegiance <laughs> to the flag. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just made that me laugh.
3: Like, Actually, so really American. like the
2: sickening subplot stuff is one yeah. of my favorite things yeah. about the show. I find I find all that very very funny. Um, don't know why the acting world in Hollywood is just always funny to to explore for me. Ever since extra, like, it reminds me a bit of extras. The stuff mm. oh, that Ricky Gervais with was doing, the Colin Salmon stuff. The Colin Salmon like, stuff this is like from it's extras. This it's is basically straight ripped straight out of it. Extras. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but that is quite funny. And then I don't know who's the guy that plays Archer and Bob from Bob's Burgers.
3: He's got an initial for a first name, which is always annoying. It's H something, right? Um, um
2: i I d- this is the second time round because I've only been watching a little bit of Bob's Burgers recently. I hadn't watched. I've never really watched Archer. I watched Archer Vice and didn't think it was very funny with my girlfriend. And everyone's telling me, "Why did you do that? Archer Vice is the worst one." And go back to the start. But anyway, not important.
3: I've never even heard of Archer Vice.
2: It's like a, a sequel series or. Oh, okay. something I think I
3: watched the first two seasons of Archer.
2: Everybody loves it. I think it's alright. It's right.
3: very funny. Okay, it's very funny. Okay, it's good. But I prefer Bob's Burgers. I think Bob's Burgers. is... Well, I'm getting into Bob's H. Burgers. H. John bit Benjamin. Bit. Thank
2: you. Okay. H. John Benjamin. He shows up in a few episodes in this as well. He's very good. I he really, is very good. I really like him in this. I like. I do like his like really like. Sort of monotone voice. and he, Yeah. I'm uh, um, starting to like Bob's Burgers a lot too, the bits I've seen. It's so good. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Have you started watching the new season of that?
3: No, I haven't. Oh. It's fan-drawn, isn't it? The
2: first one was really cool. Yeah. Is, that, is it the whole season fan-drawn?
3: Oh, I, don't, I doubt it. The first I feel like episode, that's a lot of work.
2: I've watched that one. It was really cool. Yeah, cool. Anyway, way off topic. <laughs> um, the sickening stuff is good throughout, though. Yeah. Um, but yes. But so, that would that were the bits that made you laugh.
3: Yeah. So back to this episode, though. I don't know the... The hot girl who turns out to be crazy and like so, he's clearly made the wrong decision. I was like,
2: respect my so. Yeah, I
3: was like, yeah, I've kind of seen that yep. kind of thing before. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that we saw Rachel at the end. It's like, Rachel's back. She's so adorable. Great, great, great. Tick, tick, tick.
2: That is the that is the best bit of this. And we have gone on record I, plenty of times yeah. talking about how much we like something to invest in. So mm-hmm. when there's a serialized story in there that we can start latching onto and we see Rachel again and they obviously get along so well and then they're hitting it off and then she can't be with him because she's back with her
3: That's a great moment. Stuff. I was yeah, like, yeah a good that's moment. that's pretty accurate. Yeah. yeah. And also, yeah, there there are some great moments in this episode. Like when they're watching Sherlock yeah. and he <laughs> keeps pausing it to text. I would lose my goddamn <laughs> shit. I'd like Leave the room. I'm sorry, but I'm not pausing my enjoyment of a TV show so you can text people that you don't care about. I'm sorry. It's also, not I just
2: like that they like Sherlock because at least the first two seasons of Sherlock are good. I
3: only watched the first season and, oh. I, and I never went back.
2: Second season's good. Because I
3: watched the first season then, with a girl good. that completely obliterated my heart. So I was like, I can't go back. Hard to go I'm, back. It's been like seven years now, so I'm sure I could, but probably five years. But yeah, so... Mm. I'll I'll watch it eventually.
2: One day. Maybe we could do that because I would like to discuss the later seasons. One day we'll get okay. All right. we'll get there. This is the beautiful thing. Every time we want to see your show, just add to the list. We'll get there <laughs> eventually. One day. Mm,
4: Fifteen
3: years down the track.
2: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, no, the Rachel stuff's really good. That scene outside where after they've been at the bar and just like, I can't no, it was where she leans away and he's just like, No, no. that's not a good face. That's not <laughs> that's not a good sound. Uh and they sort of discuss it and it's it is nice that they are both nice people and they handle it really maturely. Mm-hmm. There is no drama there. No. It's <laughs> like zero sometimes drama.
3: you can't. So you're like, okay. Um, Damn. I wish you could, but get it.
2: Uh but yeah, yeah, it's nice. And it's and I when I look at the the whole season as a macro entity, it is very well done actually how they build the Dev and Rachel stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, very, seems very real, very relatable, very natural sort of thing. Um, even though they're, they're so cute, it's kind of ridiculous sometimes. Their, their chemistry is to the point of being like, you jumped out of like a Joss Wendt script sometimes, (laughs) annoys the heck out of me.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, kind of ridiculous. Yeah, anyway. Um, but also I didn't realize, and we'll get to this at the end, but how many hints, are actually laid towards the conclusion mm, of this yeah. season. Because the first time when they went there, I was like, oh, that's, that's sort of came out of left field. And then watching the second time, I'm like, no. Plenty of it's track a lot of stuff laid. In there. Plenty of track laid for the uh, sort of final little twisty moment. Yep. Which is pretty cool. Um, I got, I don't know, very little to say about it. Yeah, I don't that. have a lot to say about that episode cool. either. Cool. Uh, episode four Indians on TV. Frustrated with the limited availability of roles and frequent typecasting of Indian actors. Dev has to make an ethical decision about the future of his career when he gets his hands on a TV executive's racist emails. Um, I like this episode a lot. Me too. I think it's very funny. I think it's very – it's a really interesting, cool look at – like especially in a TV show to discuss like the racial politics of TV and filmmaking mm. is great. Um. I mean this this it gives itself the the right to do it because it has an an Indian American actor in it and it's yes. very diverse anyway. Um but yeah, it just it goes some interesting places. It's kind of interesting as well to not that it's directly related but with all the Harvey Weinstein stuff that's going on at the moment, yeah. just to talk about like the sort of uh, the The way that these controversies and things Mm. that could compromise a person's profession can be twisted and used.
3: Recently, it was I know some agent guy. I believe he was a gay guy, and he had sent out because it was one of his employees had decided to take a day off in protest. It was one of those protests where they tell you, like, every woman take the day off to blah, blah, blah. Yes. Um, prove a point that we're important and needed and necessary. Yeah, World Without Women or something yes. like that. I think it was. Yeah. Um, that. So she asked if she could do that and he's like, Yep, yeah, no worries. And then sent out this scathing email. Mm-hmm. Be like, this is the last time I hire, like, someone with a C word or whatever. Like, it was just yeah. disgusting. Um, completely misogynistic. And then... He accidentally sent it to everyone, including her. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it was very similar to that. I was like, oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um. I love the. <laughs> they got a real robot and a fake Indian. <laughs> just that line and just that ongoing like revelation. Um, is Mindy
3: Kaling real?
2: Yeah. 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 But just that online uh, on going revelation that the actor from Short Circuit wasn't actually yeah. a real Indian man. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and just the outrage every time another person figures that out. It's like, oh my God. Mm. Um yeah, it uh quite funny, quite
3: Yeah, no, I really liked it. And I I like that it explores two sides of it. It explores the idea that representation is really important to the people who are viewing the media mm-hmm. and how important that is we see you know dev growing up and seeing all these images of what an indian man looks like um, which usually means he is an immigrant with an accent with you know a low income job or on the flip side a nerdy scientist kind of thing yep. um and then so we get that perspective and then we also get the perspective of someone who works within the industry and the rules and the landscape that you have to navigate in order to work, but also feel like you're not perpetuating the representation that you found damaging growing up as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. glad we to see how, two how you can still
2: then. actively do the thing you want to do, get a paycheck, while also trying to improve it. Yeah, and not yeah, and yeah, not support the uh the reductive sort of yeah. reasoning that that will that would otherwise yeah. get you roles yeah. and then
3: it is complicated and it's not necessarily just okay well now I'm going to I'm going to stand up for myself and the rest of you know indian americans you know you you do need to have employment and you can't just flip off everyone who's a racist because most people in power you know white powerful people who mm. probably have some very racist ideals um. So yeah, it, it's it's complicated, and like I think that conversation with Buster Rhymes is quite good, in which he's like, you know, don't pull the race card or just charge it to the race card. <laughs> like sometimes you can use those racist ideals of the people in power against them. Obviously, yeah. if they're exposed at that point, like, well, now I can use that as leverage to not over, only further my career but also perhaps you can um, still- fix. A facet Hold of that representation that's it, yeah. out there. Yeah, I
2: like. I do like that the I- irony at the end of it when him and his friend get cast for, perfect strangers, really yeah. like the remake of Perfect Strangers, and then he gets cast with the role that needs to put the accent <laughs> on because his mate refuses to do it because <laughs> that's the yeah. like the hill that he was going to die on earlier in the mm-hmm. episode. Ah, oh, very, very, very funny. Yeah, just that uh, the poetic irony of all that. Um. Also, Tasty was in this episode.
3: She was indeed. Yeah. yeah. Good to good to see her. Because we I've never really
2: seen her in other roles. That was like the first time I could think of. Oh, there might be another show we did actually that had um, her in it. Nope. I don't can't know. I
3: can't remember. Sorry, there probably was. Probably. Yeah, I think there was. Or maybe it was someone else from Orange. I don't know. Who knows? My memory is so bad. I mean, it's
2: Netflix. Netflix is incestual. They just keep passing people along between shows all the time. That's just a thing.
3: Mm, sexy. Incest.
2: Uh, <laughs> well, you watch too much Game of Thrones, I say. Uh-huh. Um, I sure ready to move on? I think so. Yeah, I don't know. It's I feel like there's more to say there, but again, it's just another funny exploration where, I don't know, there's not a whole lot of character investment there. We just We check in with a bunch of other people of minorities for a second to get their opinion and they give their opinion and we move on and we keep this little thing rolling along, we have our little ironic moment at the end mm-hmm. and we're done. Yeah. Cool. Good story about uh, representation in the media. Let's, uh, that's it. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's yeah, no, had... there no outward ongoing consequence. There is no nothing to latch on to. There's no emotional stakes. Dev is not changed at the end of this. He's in the same place he was.
3: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I yeah. didn't
2: learn anything new about Dev. We just learned more about the situation, the world around him, which mm-hmm. is a reflection of our own. And we can go, yes, that's true. And then yeah, I, yeah. I
3: think it's <laughs> this show is great at being like here's it's a, a perspective, here's an idea. Yes. Um, if you don't already think these things now, maybe you're thinking about them.
2: Yeah. Is that our problem? Is that we're just so on board with everything that's doing already? We're just like thumbs up, good work.
3: I mean, probably, it's not challenging
2: but I, us in any way. Like,
3: but I think a lot of people that, I mean, we do really like this show. I was going to say, you know, a lot of people that love this show are in the same boat as well, I think. I mean, I I,
2: I would champion this show still. It's one of the things I'm looking... I want to get to the score. I'm really looking forward to talking about the score Mm. because I'm sitting here telling you that it's like a show that is missing all these things, but it's like, it's... uh, I don't know. It's still very, very good. It's very entertaining. It's very funny. It's very watchable. Mm. It's pretty. It's well-performed most of the time. It's well-written. It's all these good things. It just doesn't like... Never gets me in the guts, you know. It never like takes a hold of my heartstrings yeah, and twists I mean, it's, them. Yeah,
3: mean, yeah, it's lack of character is, I think, what will always hold it back from being, from me being like, this is from for this
1: season. I'm going to say and
2: drama ultimately until the very end. Mm, anyway,
1: yeah.
0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
2: Uh, The Other Man, episode five. Uh, Dev has the chance to hook up with a woman he meets at a party, but the opportunity comes with a few complications, i.e. she's married. Mm -hmm. Uh, Claire Danes is in this episode. I
3: love Claire Danes. She's awesome in this. (laughs) I
2: have not seen enough of Claire Danes to... um, uh, to yeah, I don't know. Um, really have much of an opinion on that, but just like Claire Danes is cool, was sort of the, my one sort of thought.
3: I feel like I've seen her pop up from time to time on other things that I'm really enjoying, and every time I'm like, "Gosh, I like Claire Danes."
2: Yeah, did you ever watch? Cause she was in Homeland, wasn't she? Was that she Claire was. Danes? Yeah, was I
3: watched. I think the first season of that. Right, she's great in that. Okay, I, I've cool. heard like it's you know kind of.
2: Ridiculous, now?
3: Yeah, there's a demise there. Okay, it's 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 waning, Um, but I don't know if that's true. And I haven't seen it. Sure. Um, but the first season, I was like, yeah, she's great. She's, I mean, she's an incredible actress, and I don't think anyone can really deny that. Okay. But it's nice to see her in something like this, which is a bit lighter and funny, and yeah, yeah, and she's she's great great, in it. Mm -hmm.
2: And uh, wow, she is so confident. Yeah. Just just those little those little lines, just Dev's like just complete amazement at this situation. It's just like you are. Just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. This is the best. This is awesome. This is cool. You are cool. This is cool. This is great. Until, of course, he finds out she's married. It's like, oh, yeah, I knew there was something. Yeah.
3: I think, yeah, it's always shocking to someone like Dev when they don't have to try with a woman. It's yeah. just like, oh, oh, you're, you're just in this and I don't have to somehow convince you that I'm worthy of your time. Oh, oh wow. Okay, this is a new experience for me. This is exciting. Yeah.
2: Um, not that we see Dev fail very often when it comes to, like, charming women and stuff like that. I'm trying to think of instances where he, like, gets completely shut down or...
3: No, but I think, like, in scenes where, you know, they're talking about texting and stuff, we see his neuroses and the fact sure. that he doesn't quite know what he's doing. Sure. And he gets in the way of himself.
2: Okay. Sure. I don't know. It's not ever explored to any great depth. No, it's him. not. No. Um, yeah. The So, this is... this Of all the ones, though maybe is the most morally interesting to discuss mm. because Dev is, could very easily be argued to be doing some pretty shitty things in this. Mm-hmm. And it comes to, he puts up initial moral objection to sleeping with Claire Dane's character, but then decides he's totally fine with it when he finds out her husband is a complete asshole. Yeah. Um, great scene. I love the one in the ice creamery. Oh, sh-
3: he just throws it, not even in the bin, at, at
2: the, the bin. bin.
4: <laughs> it's so... just
2: like, Ugh. oh. <laughs> And then later when he finds out they're sleeping together he's just like I'm the guy from the ice cream reads like wait you slept with so my wife So you fucked my wife Yeah Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was the last kid couple that split <laughs> Uh yeah no that's it's again it's very entertaining and very funny and the discussions he has with um what was the, what was his Denise Denise yeah uh with Denise is really good mm-hmm. and sort of sometimes she's at, he's at your on sometimes she's not uh yeah uh, again entertaining it's the it's the only time I can think of where Dev is really an obvious villain, maybe, if you want to argue that. But even then, they're like, oh, it's fine, man. We're Our marriage is better for it because yeah, it was, well, that's it was mainly we, our problem, not yours. We get the
3: opportunity to see that the guy is, in fact, an asshole, yeah. so we don't have to take uh, her word on it. Yep. And then, at the end, ultimately, it saves their relationship. So, he's never really a villain. Yeah. um, And he never really has to own the fact that he did something, um, perhaps... Morally incorrect, so yeah, it's, that's interesting. Actually, that I think about that. There aren't really any consequences for him.
2: There never are. I mean, that's the thing that sitcoms do is not mm. have consequences. Mm-hmm. They just sort of we re- just things return back to the status quo, and no one has learned anything from this. Um, so that's not. There's nothing new there, but um, sometimes it feels like that maybe there should be. <laughs> the fact that there's not. There's just very little growth happening there. There is one storyline where there is growth, and that is the story with Rachel. Did Rachel come up in this episode again yet? No. I don't think so. I think no. the next time they do is she just takes them out of the blue. In the next episode.
4: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh,
2: Nashville, episode six. Rachel has finally broken up with her ex-boyfriend. He just waited and it happened, so that was convenient. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Dev decides to invite her to a trip on a trip to Nashville. Um, This is a cute little episode.
3: It is very cute. I, for the most part, really like it. There are mm-hmm. certainly some moments of dialogue where I'm just like, okay, stop. Yeah. Isn't this
2: ludicrous? Yeah. You uh, guys are so cute. I want to punch you both in the <laughs> face.
3: It's just kind of like, it's just obnoxious. It so, is. And I'm just like, okay, stop.
2: The bit. How many times do they do that fake out bit? Like how many times does their relationship revolve, revolve around one of them saying, oh, actually change of plans? And yeah. then you say, like, oh, that's too bad. See you later. And then like, oh, no, wait, wait, wait. And it's like, it yeah, happens multiple times. <laughs> it's like, guys, get a different bit. That, that bit is getting old.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't realize that. And yeah, so, but sometimes very... their
2: conversations just feel like bits. They feel like they were written by like, they f- I can feel the writer behind their dialogue. Mm.
3: Yeah, totally. I Yeah, sometimes w- within their relationship, I think those... Bits of just genuine, like like really true, genuine, just hanging out where you're not. And I realise it's a first date, so it's a bit different. Yeah. But that you're not completely on. Yes. Um. And I and I think the the instance of having a first date in a like a different place, going to a different town over like they spent one night there. Is that right? Was it one Yeah, they just stay yeah, there for one night. One night. I think over that amount of time, I think I was expecting to get to that point where they can kind of just have, like, an actual conversation. Yeah. It doesn't have to be about anything big or spectacular, but just, like, have a normal conversation, which I don't think we really get. But I do really like the bit where they miss their flight.
2: Love that. I think
3: that is so good.
2: uh, That is is the one time I can think of until the end of the series where my heart, I actually, like, feel it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. like, that totally innocent thing you did that's ultimately just selfish enough to backfire on you and yep. fuck over the other person completely.
3: And I love like the, when seeing that, I was like, I am Rachel in that instance in which I am so angry that they have done this just small silly thing that has inconvenienced me a lot. Yeah, that I just need to be alone for a little Absolutely. bit, but I can't be. So I'll just be on my phone and just kind of like the the body language changes and so there, there is that obvious chasm between you. But then on the other side, I'm also Dev, in which I've like just done this little thing, and I feel so bad. Like yep. how am I meant to make this right? I, I don't know this person. It. I
2: can't do anything well about
3: enough it. to like kind of bridge that gap because yeah. I don't know how to relate to you in that way, and how much like. Anxiety that produces. I've, yeah, I think it's a great little scene and yeah, little little moment in in the end of the episode. 100%. Very, very I hundred percent. Very very good.
2: Do love that bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and what's what's interesting about that reflecting on it is like, oh, they can do that. They can have that, like just that perfect little uh, moment to just make me feel something. But it's it happens so rarely in this show. Yeah. But that one's really effective. Really, yeah. really, really effective, and really. I'm sure we've all got moments that are just like that was mm-hmm. like fuck
3: which is great because this that. show is so <coughs> dialogue heavy mm-hmm. and they really want to show you how great they are at that which mm. they generally are but when they have moments of quiet and just sitting mm. in a feeling they do that really well as well and I hope they continue to
4: do that
2: Well I mean it's in this episode as well you have the montages of them like walking through Nashville and stuff like that and they like when they're not talking and they're just being probably Given direction, just look like you're having a good time. It does feel natural and looks right, and then, mm-hmm. then, and they start talking. And as entertaining as that talking is, it also looks exhausting to be around someone who's that twee all the time. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You, you feel you can kind of feel the script again, but mm. but ultimately these are these are good actors with a, lo- a lot of real chemistry. Yeah, and you and you feel that without the dialogue, you can yeah. feel that too. Well,
3: there's, yeah. There's the, I think my favorite moments in this episode are. Without the dialogue, because like I'm mm-hmm. in the scene where they go to get the barbecue and he's talking on and on about how they won't be able to do splitsies and he just goes on for a little bit too long and you just, there's like this look on her face where she's just like, shut the fuck up now. yeah, And then ultimately like, oh no, you've ruined it, Dev. And then you see that she's bought him a plate of the chicken wings. I'm like, that's just such a lovely moment, yeah. I think. Yeah. So I'm I'm a big fan of those scenes. I, yeah.
2: I think ultimately I'm a big fan of them as a couple in a yeah. lot of ways. Even yeah. though, and I and I will say this more than once, that I can find sometimes them so cute to the point of being obnoxious. Mm-hmm. There is there is real chemistry there, yep. and that it's easy to invest in those two. Yes, and that and those moments ring true because of that. So. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I quite like the episode. I also think that like, the idea, as much as it seems super out there, adventurous and kind of crazy to go on a first date with somebody to a whole different city, the thing about first dates is if you go on a dinner, right, there is so much pressure on you to just find something to talk about when you're sitting down in a restaurant.
4: Mm. I ultimately
2: can just only talk about things for so long you have to start coming up with conversation topics. Going somewhere new... There's always something to talk about because- yeah. Look at that. Look at look that. At that. Look, look at that. Yeah, oh, what exactly. do you think about that? Oh, naturally, <laughs> I've just- I have a conversation. It's actually a fucking genius idea. It's a great
3: idea. Well, apparently, it was a situation that happened to one of the writers. Ah, they did that. So, I was that's like- That's
2: brilliant. Mm. Hopefully, I never need another first date again, but if I do, <laughs> I, it's not a bad option.
3: Something to think about, yeah.
2: Indeed. Um, cool. Episode seven, Old People. Dev and Arnold hang out with Arnold's grandpa.
3: Wait. You forgot, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, sorry.
2: I've gone past episode, real episode seven, ladies and gentlemen. My apologies. Ladies and gentlemen, Dev's new ad- advertisement, advertisement <laughs> doesn't go as planned and his female entourage tell him about the misogyny that they face every day. And mm-hmm. We have talked a little we bit have, about this yeah. already. Um, I realize I don't have any notes really written down. Um, what's the initial? Oh, yeah. So, we have that opening, which we said was, we quite enjoyed for it was, even if it was obvious mm-hmm. in some ways. Um. Yeah, was there anything else about this episode particularly that you wanted to get to? I like the, like, Dev relating to these women that he's working on this with and discussion that begins and then the moment with him on the subway is quite interesting. The citizen's arrest is fun. <laughs> this
3: is a thing that people do, yeah.
2: I do. I like the the... When they do do the citizen's arrest, for whatever that's worth, but then, like, by them speaking up, other people who felt the same way of yeah. them feel permission to speak up is very true without mm-hmm. actually outwardly commenting on that. That's what starts to happen, and that's true in real life. If you often, the, unfortunately, even when there's a crowd of people who know something bad's going on, until someone has the guts to stand up, no one will sometimes, yeah. and everyone stays silent. We well, see
3: that on all those... It's a shame that there's so many of them, but all those videos where some... Those weekly videos of someone being a racist, racist on a bus. on a bus. <laughs> it's always always a bus. on a bus. Um, oh, no, I caught the bus today. Am I a racist? Fuck. Um, yeah, they like always on a bus and you see like one person say something. Yeah. And then it Sometimes it's Sometimes the person with the video... G- usually is. Usually yeah. is.
2: Yeah. Um, who's taking the video, but yeah. Um... Yeah, and then it's just basically a discussion about sort of ingrained misogyny in Hollywood, in, in life. life, yeah. And Dev eventually kind of gets a little bit burnt by that by trying to be mm-hmm. super feminist man.
3: Can I just say something that like I found really encouraging mm-hmm. was when I was researching the show and I would like come across like recaps of this episode and in the comments so many times i found people who men who identified it as feminists and saw that scene where dev is having the conversation with denise and rachel and they're like oh my god i've had that conversation oh my god i was the bad guy like really I, and then they like, genuinely like oh that's something i wasn't I didn't quite get, and yep. now I get it. I was like, that's great. Well, that that's is cool. fantastic that it's been able to do that for some people.
2: Mm. Well, that's good because that makes me feel like it, if the show, it feels like it's failing me on a character level sometimes, if its message, if its discussion mm. is in being enlightening to people, because yep. that's the thing. I, I think I fit, sit here and feel like I agree with so much of it. It's kind of like, cool, get thumbs up. Mm-hmm. But if it is, if people are actually watching going, oh, Having yeah. light bulb moments, great. Mm. That's good. Yeah. That I was makes like, that, me-
3: that's awesome and it's so rare that you see that. Yeah. And I think that's also, while we can write about the dialogue being a bit heavy-handed sometimes in the conversation with Devon Rachel walking home,
4: mm-hmm.
3: I think sometimes to explicitly state a perspective can be really helpful for people and in this instance – was from what I, from what I can tell. Just to have her clearly state that.
2: Yeah, it's it's an, it's an episode you will never go back to because it affected you emotionally, but you might go back to and say, I'm trying to explain to you this idea. Mm. Hey, watch this. Yeah, that's it. And like you'll true. be entertained by it and you can it'll actually have the discussion for you in some ways. Mm. And we were talking about this with Rick and Morty season three, the idea of just sometimes just things being stated outright, the psychologist in the Pickle Rick episode mm. has a monologue, essentially, yeah. just about therapy and why, even though you might not like it, doesn't mean it's not good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, or you might not respect it. It It's it, it's work, but that's Spoilers still, for
3: season three of Rick Morty. It's not really a spoiler, though. Barely a spoiler. It's one moment.
2: It's one moment, but it got criticised a little bit for by some people. A lot of people didn't care so much, but it was worth a discussion about, is it okay for a show to just sometimes just say- what, <laughs> Without it capping, coming organically from story, just say its point. And maybe sometimes it is, especially if it means we don't have to have that awkward moment of confusion where people can misconstrue an idea mm. and go, oh, but what about this? Or, ah, yeah. oh, but we don't know that, do we? So yeah. we can't say that outright. No. Yeah, I
3: think it's, it's definitely up to the people who are making the show about whether they – want to specifically say something without it being misconstrued because some people are happy to put something out there Mm. for it to be interpreted however. Yes. And some people aren't. So I'm happy for people to do either or obviously depending on the subject matter and how perhaps damaging it is. But for something like this and also for something like Pickle Pickle Rick, I think think it was the right decision and I respect the creators for doing that.
2: Yeah, I guess it's, Oh, it's it certainly, I don't think it's a bad decision. As you said, it is totally, do make your art however you mm. want. I think it was more a discussion of, is it bad storytelling to do it that way? Mm. Because it's not. But
3: yeah. then it's... I don't think it necessarily is. No,
2: I don't think so either. I can I tell you, what, it became a habit. And mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's the, maybe that's why this season of Master of is interesting, because it does kind of do that regularly. Yes. At the cost of character moments, mm-hmm. but I don't know, I, I don't dislike the show for it still. It's just, yeah, I'm apart from a few key moments, I'm not coming away from this feeling affected by it emotionally. Yeah, we've had this discussion already. <laughs> Moving on, um, we've talked about that one ad nauseum now. Even at the start of this, of this podcast, episode eight, uh, old people, Dev and Arnold hang out with Arnold's grandpa, who tells them a cool war story, and Arnold becomes very attached to his grandpa's robotic seal. What was his name again, the seal? Paro. Paro. Uh, this inspires Dev to stick around. Apparently
3: when- Paro was a real thing, by I, the way. I
2: hoped so. I was looking at going, if that's a puppet, that's very cool. I assumed Apparently it was
3: real. it cost like
2: $6,000. Pardon? <laughs>
3: yeah. It's really expensive.
2: I suppose at least you don't have to feed it and like wash it or anything. That's cool. That's true. No vet bills. No vet bills, exactly. Just replace the batteries occasionally. Yep. This inspires Dev to stick around when he and Rachel visit Grandma Carol uh, at her retirement home and Rachel has to leave v- mid-visit. So, the stuff with Arnold's grandpa is just the setup. Um, mm-hmm. There is that little story with him and Paro going on. It's inconsequential. Really, it's more about just it's a way to dive into the idea of like valuing older people, our grandparents um, who sometimes get forgotten and so just push to the side, mm-hmm. which is, you know, worth dis- discussing for yeah, sure. Certainly I'm, something I'm, that is happening and I'm,
3: has happened, yeah. I'm
2: guilty of not calling my grandparents enough and uh, this, mm-hmm. this episode made me go, oh, I should really call my grandma. Yeah. Um, the stuff with, I, they, Grandma Carol is wonderful and charming and mm-hmm. really easy to just, I love her conversations with Dev and them just talking about like, you know where he is in his life and his relationship, and her perspective on that from where she's come from. Um, yeah, that's about it. Ultimately, as I didn't have a whole lot again, just not a whole lot to latch onto. It just enjoyed the little, little.
3: I like the story. exploration of yeah. the story. I liked
2: its topic is good. It's they explore it in yeah. a fun way. It's very entertaining. It's you know, Grandma Carol is yeah. a very likable character and someone that you ultimately root for. And I.
3: I have a question. Sure. Um. I'm not. I'm not sure. I have a point to it, but it's just to put it out there. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's more of, a, more, more of a statement. Maybe I don't know. Um. There are a lot of characters in this show. Not a lot of. I don't know. Um. That don't. I feel like there's a bunch of characters that have been brought in from different shows that are existing in this show. Arnold, for one, mm. is from another show. He's like, we have moments with, like, Dev and Denise and Brian. I was like, oh, cool. While you – I might not delve into your emotional life. I can still see you're a person. Arnold, I have no idea who the fuck Arnold is.
2: Yeah, it's – I think, again, it's the po- problem that these – Is there
3: something wrong with him? I don't know. I don't understand no, who he is. I
2: think it would be – It would. I think the problem is, again, we're not giving stories – that really are about them, there are stories that involve them and they will be their character, which mm. will make that moment entertaining but doesn't ultimately affect anyone else. Mm. Um, the Arnold has that bit with the couch where he sets up they're going to do good cop, bad cop and then he stuffs up because apparently he's really enthusiastic about this couch, which does make you ask, is is something going on with Arnold that we don't know about? And um, it's just
3: like, yeah, moments with when it's just like Arnold and dev like in the you think the final episode when they're looking for tacos and stuff yeah he's just like just the way he is i get that they're funny together yeah but that level of funny i don't know if there's an awareness that they're being funny together or if they're sitcom funny so i'm not sure what the perspective is I,
2: I th- where i was gonna get to next is the problem is their friendship is never tested Right? Like, they, we don't know their friendship because we don't know what defines their friendship. We don't know what makes them friends, why they're friends, what they, we know they hang out together and we assume they enjoy their com- each other's company, but we don't know what the boundaries of their friendship are. We don't know, we don't, we've got no way of defining them as characters, as people because it's, the show never gets to the point of testing it. Mm. Like, like Troy and Abed, we get to know what, not only what they like, but where they, great against each other, and so we get to understand what they do for each other, what they mean to each other, how they define each other, and we don't get ever get that with Devon Arnold. We just know, because they put them in lots of scenes together, that Dev and Arnold are best friends, that they like to hug, and they're very cute, but it's never a point where we get to explore that in any way.
3: Yeah, but even
2: because I Arnold just shows up for a scene, he's- He because shows the thing up, is
3: but his style, the way that he exists oh, in, in those scenes, oh, okay. feels so different to the way that everyone else is existing in that scene.
2: Yeah. He's,
3: he is, for, out of everyone in this show, he is someone who I could imagine popping up in community.
2: Oh, I see what you're saying. So he is like- He's,
3: he's from a sitcom. A sitcom. Yeah. And everyone else seems to be living in this reality. I, he doesn't seem real at all to me.
2: I think, I mean, yeah, his size, his look, his everything way he of says. talking, his, like, philosophies on life, everything about it is, is very I cartoonish. don't know if
3: he's aware that he's funny or if he...
2: Yeah, you can't tell whether yeah. he is being... I don't know if he's uh, funny because he he's
3: written to be funny or if he's funny because he's a funny person I in the reality. Yeah,
2: yeah. This is his sense of humour that's mm. coming out or that's just we're laughing at this person who is apparently just like this. Yeah. Um I don't know and I think that is maybe a flaw of the writing because it is always on. It is always always funny, it's always cute, it's mm-hmm. all it's again so polished to the point where it's missing that moment to just like have a real discussion. Every mm. moment's got to be twee and cute and comical and funny and so they they these aren't people, they aren't characters. He isn't we don't know which of those things is true because it never gets tested by the script, by the dialogue, mm. by what's going on.
3: And I don't want to get this confused. I am a huge Eric Wareheim fan. Like I still I find loved it entertaining Tim and Eric. I I find him. I like I like watching him. Sure, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a scene with um, Arnold and Rachel when they're walking down the street, and he's just and she's like, "What is it like to be a giant?" Yeah, and he's like, "What is it like to be?" short I like I, I love that scene um, and I, I love his work and he's like, directed a whole bunch of these episodes and did a fabulous job <laughs> just as a character though I've I don't get it
2: I, like he's he's an idea again he's an idea like if you, he wants this sort of like super chill go with the flow has these just like his unfazed sort of being is an interesting idea but it isn't a character yeah at least. Again, it's I don't know. There's no way to define what this person is. We don't know. We have no idea if he's in a life. Yeah. Nothing. He just is. He's there to be entertaining. Mm -hmm. And that's like it's an entertaining idea, but it's not a complete one.
3: No.
2: Like lots of the things in this show, these are all good topics. These are good ideas. They're presented in an entertaining way, but they are not very rarely... Do we get to a place where they become real or emotionally affecting? The relationship between Dev and Rachel is the only one. Yes. Realistically, Mm -hmm. that's given enough time and the right. And so when I say that this is faultless to a flaw, right? It's because sometimes you need to be able to go, we need a down moment here. I need to, we need to stop being funny for a second so we can have a real discussion. And there's one coming which I think we're both going to like mm. that because it helps to define where the highs are. But when everything's on the same level, it just sort of like it's, it, it, it. I've got nothing. It's like, it's like it's a slip. It's like a, a totally perfectly polished surface, but I can't grip onto any of it. It just, everything slides. There's got no grip. I can't grab onto anything now. I need those highs and those lows. So there's something to, take hold Mm -hmm. of and to to remember and to experience experience, yeah yeah. and that's what the show sometimes misses and arnold is a really good example of that i think yeah
3: yeah yeah when i look at like both of our five word summations because mine is complex and nuanced relationship study and that's about dev and rachel yes thing that i can hold on to yes 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 not about anything else it's just about that which is interesting yeah
2: yeah absolutely and like, and but like, and there are ideas that are explored. They're just mm. not explored within our characters. Our characters just exist in that exploration. They are our vessels to, to move forth through that essay or through that article or whatever you want it to be. And then they leave at the end of it, mm-hmm. and they enter a new one later, and they have been unaffected by it. Yeah. Um. And old people is a pretty good example of that. I think. I'm trying to think. I mean, the Arnold stuff is completely inconsequential and the stuff with Grandma Carol is really interesting. Like, it's it's lovely just to explore, like, a person from a different time in the world and her perspective on, you know, where she is in her life and what's going on with Dev and Rachel. And then, cool. Yep. We leave. <laughs> <laughs> um, mornings. Now, this is an interesting episode.
3: It is.
2: Whether it's a good or a bad episode is a different story. Mm. But Mornings. Rachel moves in with Dev and they start having relationship issues. Now, that is basically you. Could, that – that is it. That is the episode. Mm-hmm. There is nothing else to it. We see them – it is a very relatable, very succinct, very – like, uh, totally – yeah, r- relatable is the right word. Just these people start moving in together. It's cute at first things start to affect them because they're spending more they and more time together. They become less cute. They become less cute over time. They start <laughs> yeah. to irritate each other. They have to make big decisions about whether they really want to keep doing this. And ultimately, they get to a place where they make a decision that they could have chosen to go on different paths, but they're staying together for the time being. Mm-hmm. And it's very relatable and very cute. And that's it. <laughs> I don't know. There's good moments in there. Like,
3: I really liked this episode. I,
2: I'm not saying anything wrong with it again. Mm-hmm. Um I, yeah. Yeah, go, you talk about it. Maybe I've, I don't have a whole lot to say, I don't think, at this stage.
3: I, yeah, I really. It's a hard show to talk about. It is really hard. What have we done? um I think season two will be a lot easier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um It's, I don't know. It's, once again, I think I really like this episode because of where I am. Okay, I, sure. I think. And yeah. it has a real.
2: You and I are both living with our respective partners we at the are. moment too. So I, like, I'm coming by this the second time as well. Uh Yeah, I, I get that.
3: Yeah, it has a really beautiful, melancholic feeling to it. And sometimes you just watch a thing that you need to watch in, sure. the, in that moment. You're like, oh, I'm so glad I'm watching this. And I I had that experience. So I can't come from it from a pure perspective of... Oh, it's it's good because of these really true reasons that it's good. Yeah, yeah. it's good because I had an emotional response yep, because of cool. where I am in life. Yep, and I, and you know,
2: you don't have to tell us the exact yeah, no, response no, there. No, no, of obviously. course not.
3: But I you know, it it made me feel a lot of things. Yep, and I appreciated having the experience to feel those things. Yep, um, through art, which is what I always want. Yep, and so I yeah, I really liked
2: it. It is full of truth. Mm. It is full of truth. Is it original? No. No. Have we seen this before? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> is it done well? Yes. Yeah. It is done it well. It is done well. Is it – I didn't find it completely heart-wrenching necessarily. I don't think it has a moment that hits me the same way that, say, that even the barbecue sauce moment does for some reason. I don't know why that that moment works so well, but it really does. Mm. It just is played perfectly. But I think it's also, like, an interesting way to explore this to do, like, the um, – they're like different days and we just move through each one. But when you do that, what's you because you miss all those moments in between, There, it lacks that cohesive whole. We are seeing their whole relationship in the micro. And so while it gets condensed down to something, which means we get to see the big picture there, we also kind of miss the nuances a little bit of it as well. Mm-hmm. Not a bad thing. It just means that it's hard. It's, again, it's it's harder to grip on to any the the thing as a whole. Um, I think um, no, it is good. I I'm very relatable. The whole messiness thing. It's So easy that cleaning is just one of those things that when you start living together with people, it becomes yeah. a
3: grating, grating mm. on
2: others. Yeah, and on each other. The innocent things that you say that you mean one thing, but you say it the wrong way, and the other person is affected by Usually that. Like
3: once it starts. You can't just. You can't, can't take it, was it like, back. You can't yeah, click eject. Yeah, it just kind of keeps going, and then yep. you're stuck in it. Yeah, totally. I I think one of the criticisms I had for it, which is because I feel like I have seen that before, and there's something that really bothers me about it, is the man in the relationship. His fault is that he's too funny all the time. Is that he makes too many jokes? Sure. I've seen that before. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Okay. I really, really don't. And that might there just two be- two
2: people that are, she's just as jokey as him the rest of the time as well. So, the idea that that's, what, his, yeah, that's his, his fault downfall,
3: in this one is, is yeah. odd. Um, and that it kind of skews into- While he is particular about being clean about things, mm-hmm. for the most part, he's quite rational about it, um, being like, oh, let's make a game of it or whatever, or trying to explain to her why that might bother him. Whereas- when she has a problem, it's like this nagging, and uh-huh. he's just trying to kind of like placate her with jokes. I fucking hate that dynamic, and it it really reminds me of like kind of that like Judd Apatow, Seth Rogeny stuff that they always yeah, seem to have with yeah. women.
4: Yeah,
2: sure. And it
3: really bothers me.
2: Yeah, okay, that's yeah,
3: fair. I'm I'm over it. I think mm-hmm. that we're of,
2: done with that. We can move on from that. I
3: think so. Yeah, the the men are far more complicated than just being like their flaw is that they're like. Too much of a jokester, too much of a fun guy. Mm-hmm. It's like that's not really a flaw. Let's go a bit deeper than that, thank you. What about you is actually going to make someone go, huh, you're kind of an asshole. And like what you're doing is not healthy for this relationship. Yeah. Other than you're just too funny.
2: Yeah, and I think there's plenty of places you can go with that. Like yeah, if course. your problem is that you are too fun, well maybe you neglect your responsibilities because you'd rather have a good time and those things. And that's definitely that's a that's a legitimate place to go. Um, But it's just because you sometimes make too many jokes Mm. and that makes you irritating. Well, that's really not.
3: Or it could even just be that like while you come across as being too fun, in reality, in day to day, you are mean or you can't yeah, deal with that, your that, emotions that. and it comes out in unhealthy ways. Yeah, Stuff sure. like that, you know?
2: Yeah, and I think that you could all you could have gone there quite easily with Dev in this is to have him be trying to make a joke but actually saying something quite hurtful. Yeah. Um which is something he kinda does it's not a joke necessarily but he while he thinks he's doing something smart, he's actually doing something incredibly dumb. <laughs> that comes up next episode. Right. <laughs> um from a like a relationship point of view anyway. <laughs> Um, I think that like the closest thing he does to doing anything, something really bad, is just when he doesn't use the pasta maker for so long. Mm. Like what an asshole!
3: Yeah, that's this
4: really rude.
2: Made you a, got you a beautiful gift, yeah. a really thoughtful gift, and uh, you took you that long mm-hmm. to finally get around to using that thing. And uh, yeah.
4: yeah, that's really
3: rude. That is
2: very rude. That yeah. Um, but it's what is what is good is if you ended the season here, you. At the end of this episode, you could see them breaking up sometime in the near future, mm-hmm. sometime in the distant future, or staying together forever. It is just a little – it's not – again, this is the thing. It's not a beginning, middle, and end story. It's just sort of like a middle. It's like we go see the beginning and middle. And even as things get tense, there'll be that moment like when they play the game on like the – where the clothes are on the chair or on the yeah. floor, right? And then, like, they have that... Like, that's a good moment for them. They are able to solve a problem, at least temporarily, and it re- helps them to reconnect for a moment. Yeah, it's I, not like it's it's just good to bad. Yeah, it's, it's not
3: like the slow demise relationship. No, relationship. No, like, it's all I, the ups and downs. Generally, I don't think that's often what happens. It's the up and... Like, you have the downs and then you have the up. You're like, oh, so this is actually something worth being in and yeah. then it goes down again, up and down. And then you get and you the learn point and where- you
2: adapt and you change yeah. and you evolve. And the question is, as you evolve and as the relationship changes because it has to, is that still a relationship you want to be in? Yeah, That's ultimately the question that you come to and that's the question they have at the end of it is, yes, this isn't where they were when they first started. How could it be? You can't stay in that honeymoon period forever. It has changed and evolved in often good ways, but is that version of the relationship still what they want together. Yeah. And that's the decision they make at the end, is to stay together, at least for now. Mm-hmm. It's a good episode. I like it, yeah. It's good. All right, last episode, finale. What an interesting title for an episode. <laughs> After attending a wedding and a disappointing film premiere, Rachel and Dev are both having doubts about their relationship. So, um, the sickening, they go to the premiere.
3: Mm, i so sad. Dev
2: got cut completely. I don't know how. He seemed fairly integral to the plot. Based off what we saw, but yeah. sure, whatever. He's out.
3: It's probably one of those Hollywood films that, like, you're watching. Like, they must have cut a lot yeah. out because something very important is missing. It's probably that.
2: I've heard that's the case with um, not Blade Runner. There's another movie that's supposed to be three hours that was cut down, and people are going, "Oh yeah, they definitely cut some stuff out." Oh, uh, I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. Doesn't matter. Not great important. Story, bro. Yeah, great story, Brad. <laughs> um, and then they, yeah. So before that, though, they go to the wedding. Which is again a very something that's happening to me a lot. Last year, I mm. went to four weddings inside about a month.
3: Yeah, I went to three. Yeah, just absurd. got another
2: one coming up next week. Um, <sighs> yeah, weddings great, <laughs> and
3: I don't have enough clothes to support. Like to to support. Oh, it. that's the beauty. Different yeah, friendship a, groups. Yeah, oh, it's great. I just keep wearing the same suit. Powerful. It's wonderful.
2: Yeah. Um. The yeah. The so go to go the wedding and just it is very interesting. Even watching those people at in the ceremony. I'm like, do I love anything that much? Like the words they are using. And you do feel that so just absurd, like. So absurd, yeah. Yeah.
3: I remember one wedding that actually both of us were at and they were saying that oh, right. about And they were so beautiful. Beautiful. It, it, it wasn't, I'm not referring to it in the way that like they, they this do couple are like saccharine and disgusting, gross. I love but this the, couple. But like the couple that. Hi, were, that
2: couple. You know who
3: you Yeah, their wedding was beautiful and their vows were so incredible. amazing. And I was – because they both are wonderful writers and it was just the most beautiful thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, that's what I want. Like that's (laughs) just like the clear example of like like, – to see an example of two people who love each other and really see each other is both a wonderful thing and a terrifying thing because you're like – do I have that? Will I I ever have that? What is that? Oh my God. And you just start questioning yourself and everything you've ever believed about your own relationship. It's the
2: perspective I wish came up in the show though of like, is that version a reality for everyone though? Like, can everybody even get, like, is that something that is necessarily worth searching for? Because that might not be real for everybody. Everybody's experiences, (coughs) sorry, experiences the world and relates to people differently. Mm. Not everyone is necessarily capable of sort of giving themselves over yep. to people. Some
3: of us have seen some real shit, so we yeah. can't
2: I'm <laughs> not to say that the people who can do it haven't seen real shit either. <laughs> I'm not trying to judge anyone's relationship. No, no, no. But it was just interesting that they, that they the the show seemed to present that if you don't have that sort of love, then maybe you don't have love at all.
3: I don't know it, if I agree like with that. Because he has that Conversation with the guy that he acted with. That's true. Who's been yeah, married yeah, yeah. for a very long time. You're
2: actually right. That is, and, that, he's, and like, no I one love that conversation, is 100%, 100% all the of the time. Yeah. It's, he, just,
3: it's not true.
2: Sometimes I'm 90%, sometimes I'm 20%. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. you're right. That's actually a great scene, it that one. It is very, very good. Yeah.
3: Which is both, like, encouraging, but also kind of makes you go, oh, okay. Because, you know, we've been built up to believe this idea of what to expect in love and relationships. Thanks, Disney. And yeah, thanks a lot. And then as you get older and you realise, will I ever be sure about anything? Yeah. Probably not. And it's not a good feeling. But you just kinda have to deal with it. It's like the regret thing. Like you just kinda have to deal with that being in your brain.
2: Yeah. That's the reality of (laughs) that's the reality of reality. That's the reality of living and um yeah, we are, it's funny thinking about even like the um, parents episode and like, it seemed like their choices, their options were less. They came to America for that idea of opportunity. Mm. But then when you grow up in a place of abundant opportunities and you have all the choices in the world, there's a certain sort of like, not harshness, but uh, there's a responsibility. There's, there's like that comes with that, that. When you have all the choices in the world, fuck, how do I choose?
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, um, we, we see the perfect example of that when Deb <laughs> is trying to find a taco place. Yes. And he's researching yes. everything, trying to find the right one. And like, because there's so God, many choices, no, so many great taco places That's around. a
2: reality I've been in many oh, times me too. Oh, me too, me
3: too. Anyway, and so like, he's like, finally, yes, let's go to this place. And it's closed because he took too long to make the choice. And he's like, what am I going to do? I, go eat the second best taco? Sometimes
2: like, I'm a dummy. I did not, not connect that opening to that later bit with oh, the, uh, <laughs> the fig tree at all and yeah that's a direct yeah. direct sort of illustration of that that's perfect who
3: dev is and i think a lot of us are in this generation is we have so many choices not only like the food we eat or the schools we go to or the clothes we buy or the people we associate with yeah. but in dating we have a million apps now to choose from a million different people that we have access to in like a click of a button yep. or a tap of a touchscreen if you will and it's like that's a lot. It's really overwhelming. Yep. And we are constantly told that, like, you've got to follow your heart. Well, I don't know what the fuck my heart's doing because <laughs> my head is way too loud. Yeah, it's just like it is it is confusing. And I wish, you know, we all wish we could be as decisive of de- as Dev's dad. But we don't have to choose from three women. We have a million and three
2: for all the things this the messages that this show has it discusses particular topics and mm. political ideas and stuff this is the first sort of like philosophical comment it has it, mm. it, it reaches a philosophical conclusion at the end of this season which I really like that it 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 has something to say the first time mm-hmm. it's not just like oh here's the reality of like sexual politics or 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 agenda politics or racial politics in hollywood it's like that's a thing that's happening and i i personally think it's pretty black and white you know what you know as complex as it might be there's a there's a certain uh true north we should be following there this is saying this is what I this is a, something to believe this is something to our statement is we know there's a million choices Ultimately, you just have to choose. Mm-hmm. Make a choice. That's Im- that's important to do. Yes. Um, it's cool that the show gets there eventually towards the end of the season. I'm guessing that you really like the um, scene after they get back Rachel and Dev get back from the premiere in the kitchen. They're eating the pasta and uh, mm. they have a big, frank discussion about their relationship finally. And yeah. Dev decides to have the stupid game <laughs> where they, uh, what a fucking moron he was.
3: I would have done exactly, whether she's being honest or not, I would have done what Rachel did.
2: And you don't want to aim to be, too high. Because you don't want to be, yeah. Because you
3: don't want to be the oh. one who's like, I love you more than you love me. But
2: this is the problem with the game because the, it is a zero, there is no winner mm-hmm. in this game. Even if you both choose the same even if they both said 70% Rachel in her head knows but I underdid mine a little bit because yeah. I didn't want it so wait really I like it. like I am more sure so you it only is there to cast out yeah it is it is a rookie and totally <laughs> believable <laughs> mistake yeah. That you would think you were going to logic your way through this. I am guilty I, of this sort I, of stuff.
3: Yeah, you are. But yep. I <laughs> but I love the logic though, is that he says, I you know, I'm gonna be honest with you, but we have to just have a conversation. Like you can't get mad. Yes. And she's like, Yeah, yeah, sure. Yep. And he does and she gets mad, yep. which I hate it's like, ugh, why are you you can't be like that when someone's being that honest with you sure. and vulnerable. Like you just that's not healthy anyway. Um and then he's like, Well, oh, all right, well, let's just write a number then. If, you, if you're if you not going to listen to me, well, let's just see how sure we are. If you're going to attack me for not being sure, are you sure? Let's really find out. I love the logic, but of course it's going to end badly. It's terrible. I think it's like, but like ultimately I don't think there was any other way of getting around her wanting to be hurt and angry with him.
2: I mean, I think the way to get around it was to not have that conversation there and then. Yeah, the what needed. I mean, they'd had a big night. The, the, the mature, pasta, the mature yeah. thing to do, or the 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 responsible or smart. I'm not sure, but the the other option was to do it later when this was going to be a better discussion where they could maybe were in a better place to handle the sort mm-hmm. of emotional discussion that they were going to have. Yeah. It was very real. And to also
3: have a better idea of where you were, like like where Dev is coming Both from. Both of them can maybe yeah. prepare
2: themselves a little bit for what is going to happen. Yeah. But ultimately, what I also like is that while this forces, this does ultimately end in them breaking up, Rachel leaves, she goes to stay with her friend or mum or whatever it is. And then the next time they finally agree to meet up, she's changed her hair and she's moving to Japan. Mm-hmm. What it did is force them to really face their own uh, insecurity uh, and um, indecisiveness, that, that, that their own worries about, am I doing the right thing? And it forced them to look at their own lives and go, well, what do I actually want to do here? What?
4: Mm.
2: And while it means the end of their relationship, maybe that's what had to happen. <laughs> because either this was going to happen again at some stage down the road anyway, maybe next day, maybe 10 years down the track when they have kids, or, and, and come out in all sort of he- unhealthy ways, or they were just going to be potentially miserable with each other for the rest of their lives, and that's not good either.
3: No. Yeah, no, th- it w- yeah, it was a great scene. Um, and, yeah, just to go back to something you hinted at earlier, is that mm-hmm. we do see little hints of discontent throughout the season. Oh, yeah. That culminates in this scene, and why it, it makes sense, and how you can see while it's really sad that like two people that love each other are going their separate ways and while it and there's no guarantees that it's the right choice to leave one another it it makes sense for them you can understand why they would be doing that and yep. why whether it's the wrong decision or not why it's important for them to to do that mm.
2: We're pretty much at the end now is there anything apart from the very last little moment that you want to discuss about this episode
3: I don't think so no cool
2: so finally this ends Rachel's leaving um uh, uh, Dev reads the the sonnet or the poem the the book that his dad was talking about about the it's fi- Sylvia Plath Sylvia Plath thank you yeah, I have no idea. I'm not paying attention to this. It's a great studios. book. Is it? Because
3: I bought it because it had like a beautiful cover, but I thought it was one of, going to be one of those like classics that you read. Like, I didn't get it. Yeah. yeah. I read it. It's fucking great. Oh, cool. It's
2: such a good book. Anyway, go on. And then we see him booking a flight, you know, getting on a plane. It seems like he's going to follow Rachel to Japan to try and, Re- reignite something because that's who he wants to be with and he's on the plane and it's dark and there is an Asian couple sitting next to him and then she asks is this your first time going to Italy and you go fuck I got played motherfucker you played me
3: I saw it coming did you really well, yeah.
2: I did not yeah, I didn't I did. and I respect it to hell that not only did <laughs> it play me because not only did I think it was going to Japan when I see the Asian couple next to him my mind just goes oh yeah you go in Japan?" And totally plays them like racial like <laughs> like I just assume because they're yeah. an Asian couple that they wouldn't be going on holiday anywhere else they, he must be going to Japan it just they must be going home they must be going where home. they
3: belong that's broad um, yeah. but like
2: like that's <laughs> not it's it's a little more complex than that I hope but but I think it is a, a very very clever little like ah I gotcha and mm. it's like yeah you got me you got me that's fair but now looking back on the entire season there are so many hints that that's where he would be going. Yeah.
3: I didn't necessarily think that he would be going to Italy or exa- I didn't know where he was going. Sure. But I very much doubted that he was going to Japan <coughs> to go after her.
2: I swear I feel I feel like there's a conversation the one that happens immediately beforehand is something about like pursuing Rachel or or something that that alludes to him pursuing Rachel. So that would be the editing tricks me into thinking that even yeah. before the casting choice of who we see next to the plane <laughs> even. Um but sure, yeah, yeah. But I looking at it now you realize they've actually done a really good job of just subtly leaning in this direction the entire time mm-hmm. um, and it's quite fulfilling and and knowing that season two takes place at least partially in Italy mm. I am looking forward to seeing where that goes you know
3: what I hate about that very last scene what's that is the use of the term pastor school
2: pastor school I'm
3: like Really?
2: Is that maybe it's a real thing, I don't know.
3: Well, if you're going I'm assuming he's going over there as like a tourist to like some culinary school to like okay. kind of learn how to make classic it's I just feel like there's a better term for it that doesn't school. sound like oh what's what would they call oh no he we went to pastor school before you actually do the research to figure out what that name of that would be. Just I hate pastor school sounds so dumb. Anyway Culinary College. Yeah, just like a culinary school, whatever.
2: I think that's it. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a... If nothing else, what this show does well is by the time it gets to episode 10 and it has done a good job of at least making me invested in Rachel and Dev, that that is fulfilling. It's not happy. Mm-hmm. It's complex feelings. But I understand what this play, these characters are. And I do feel like there is some, maybe not growth yet, but that they are actively wanting to grow and and looking forward to sort of Yeah. Exploring other options. Well that's
3: the great part of like, you know, when you finally do make a choice, then you have the potential to grow. Yeah. It's the staying stagnant. Yeah. Was his has been his issue throughout the season. So to then like now's the time for growth. The source of his anxiety and his. Yeah, we haven't seen it yet, but this is this is the first step that he needs to take.
2: Absolutely. All right. Quick fire comments. I don't have any. I have one. I'm not even gonna start the music. (laughs) It literally was just something I missed from episode eight right. uh, that said, it was a quote, and I can't find it because I'm searching my notes. Um, it was a line between Grandma Carol and Dev. Oh, I see you assumed I'm racist just because I'm old. That's nice. Well, now the tables have turned. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a cute line. That's a great line. And quickfire we didn't start yeah it. that was great uh that there was all because we went through pretty much everything else it was one of those things where i didn't have any a lot of immediate comments because i wasn't reacting a whole lot to what was going on i was just sort of absorbing it and experiencing it mm-hmm. and just yeah um and even second time through i thought i'd have more to say but i don't um anyway least favorite and favorite episode starting with you Damascus. your least favorite episode
3: my least favourite is Hot Ticket, which we discussed. Yes, I uh, also
2: agree. Hot Ticket is my least favourite. It wasn't,
3: like, overtly bad. No, it's it, not It's bad. fine. I just, I wasn't excited by it. Um, the stuff about texting is funny, but it's hardly new territory. And, you know, crazy hot girl, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah no, whatever.
2: I think that, to me, is the ultimate bit. is like, that term where she just ends up being, like crazy it's just not particularly interesting Mm. um like i
3: feel like you can have a joke where you don't vibe with someone you clearly have maybe a different sense of humor or whatever that doesn't make them seem like they're a cartoon
2: that's i mean cartman exactly cartoon is is so appropriate there because of like the cartman impression stuff like that it's like
3: i did like her vine stuff though that made me laugh
4: (laughs) miami
2: That's a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just an in joke. Yeah. We went to Miami. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, I think that's it. It's j- like you spent all this time building up the like dilemma of like getting this girl onto the date. And then your, essentially, your punch is that they don't, they don't have chemistry. And then just to go so over the top of the cutting character, it's just like, okay, that's the most obvious version mm. of this you could have done. Yeah. So that's pretty much it. But the Rachel stuff at the end does help to redeem it a little bit. Again, Indeed. not a bad episode no, by any means. Nah. Favourite episode, Damask?
3: My favourite is Mornings. Yep. And I don't have a critical reason for that to be so. It's purely I watched it when I needed to watch something like that. I responded to it um, in a show that I was really enjoying but wasn't having that emotional connection to. This episode did that for me and I really liked it. I really enjoyed it.
2: What about you? Yeah, I, I'm, I could pick a lot of them to be my mm. favourite because I enjoy all of them, really, yeah. to some degree. Um, It could be Finale. It could be Mornings. It could be Nashville. I think I'm going to give it to Nashville, mm-hmm. Um, mainly just because I can't get over how effective the barbecue sauce thing is. <laughs> it's great. It yeah. just is expertly done. That It's a really entertaining episode. As much as they're kind of exhaustingly twee, they are entertaining and there is real chemistry there. It's fun and funny, and then yeah, it's just so simple, but like so like totally gets you. Um, and it's I kind it's one of those things I wish there was more of in the show. Just a, mm. just that little just that little gut punch, just just getting me a one in under the ribs, just yeah. like that because it, it was it was very good, very helpful. Final score and ranking.
3: I'm going to give this season a four. Mm-hmm. It's, I think, a great, it's such a good first season. Mm-hmm. Such a good first season. It's still, um, it's certainly not perfect, as we've spoken about. I think sometimes the dialogue loses its sharpness in order to portray a message. Yep. Um, lack of character, which you've spoken about as well. Yep. Um, lack of an internal life for many of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately it's really solid and it's yeah. really good. I was happy to watch it a second time. It's something that I would recommend to people and yep. I think a lot of people would get something out of it. Uh so yeah, I'm gonna go with four.
2: You? Yeah, I again similar to like choosing my favorite, I was struggling between four and four point five, and I think I'm gonna go with four as well because I think as we talked, I think our criticisms as much as they don't make the show Anyway close to bad, it is still a very watchable show, mm-hmm. a very enjoyable show. it without that little bit of uh character and that like I said that, that's something to grip onto and really like invest myself into. I can look at it and reflect these stories onto myself, but I can't invest myself into this these people's stories except for that little stuff with Rachel and Dev then i can't give it more than 4 i think it's just missing that little thing that makes me we've talked about this with another show i can't remember which one it was but like i couldn't give it more than a 4 because it was just missing that thing that made me love it that made me yeah, want what to was that show? i can't remember mm. but it's like yeah it's just missing that thing that makes me want to like you know sing its praise to the rooftops and i i'm not thinking about it constantly i
3: maybe it was the season of louis
2: yeah i left it behind and just sort of went that was good. It was really good television. Really well made. So many things to compliment about it. Just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to st- i not that I do this anyway, but I'm not going to start writing fan fiction about these people. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to, like, I'm not investing any of my mental energy in like thinking beyond what the show has presented to me. I'm just accepting what it's in front of me, enjoying it and going, thank you very much and putting it back on the shelf, mm-hmm. basically.
3: In saying that, there is one uh, big question I want to ask you is, sure. what show have you written fan fiction about?
2: <laughs> None. But...
3: Well, that makes one of us.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> one day we can talk about that. <laughs> what shows have you written fan fiction about?
3: Uh, well, not a show, but I've written fan fiction for Harry Potter. Yeah. I've also written fan fiction for One Tree Hill. Whoa. <laughs> I've also written fan fiction Creek, for... Creek. No. Oh, wow. Glee. Glee. But that's because the people who were writing the show were fucking shit. So we had to write our own. <laughs> oh, so
2: you were writing correct,
3: corrective fanfiction? Corrective fan fiction. Yeah,
2: gotcha. Like uh, when I say that, what I'm expressing is like, like community. I like oh, I've talked about many times how much I love that. But I will think about that show and those characters ongoing because it affected me in some way. Firefly will do that to me. Buffy will do that to me. Parks and Rec will do that to me. Um. Yeah, there are certain things that will get under my skin, mm-hmm. and that's what five stars has to be for me. Like that. Mm. It, that's that's that's. It's not perfect. These things aren't perfect, but they get to a place where they like embed themselves in me a little bit. And this show doesn't do that, so yeah. I can't give it any higher than a four. Fair enough. Um. Predictions, hopes, concerns. Pretty hard for you to predictions. You've seen season two. I
3: have seen it, so I'm going to throw it over to you.
2: I predict. Uh, there will be some stuff in Italy. Ooh, um, I know. Tell me more. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't. I, I, it's not really a place where there's much to predict because there's not a whole lot left dangling. Except that like, this is where that's like his, his, the next ch- chapter is going to be over here. I'm like, cool. I look forward to watching that next chapter and seeing where that goes. Um, I guess the only thing I can predict is that at some stage I hope that Dev and Rachel will have another. In- um, interaction. What that is, no idea. Could be them having found themselves and what they were looking for, trying to restart their relationship because they still love each other, or it could be them acknowledging that they are different people now, and while they will always care for each other, they that's not a reality that they can pursue. Um, I don't know, but I, I hope there's that moment just because that would be narratively sati- and emotionally satisfying to... So if you're going to explore growth, then to reassess it, the best thing to do to reassess that growth and how far you've come is to compare it to where you were previously with that person. Mm-hmm. I hope that happens. That's it. That's cool. all I've got. All right. Excellent. Nice. Cool. Let's start wrapping up. Uh, if you would like to contact us, you can do so on Facebook by searching for Hunting Seasons. You can talk to us or uh, tweet at us on Twitter at S Cast.
4: talk to us.
2: Uh, yeah, please. Please, please. We're very lonely. What, this is we do a podcast in my attic you can obviously <laughs> we're very lonely people you can surrounded
3: e- by cats and dogs yeah jeez. yeah it's a really s- sad picture
2: you can email us at huntingseasonspodcast at gmail.com you can find myself on twitter at b bgordis b-g-o-r-d-e-s damask
3: you can find me on twitter and instagram at maskymoo maskym double
2: thank you very much to Sean Kirkpatrick for our wonderful Hunting Seasons logo and graphics you can find his work at designs.portfoliobox.net and also thank you to Jordan Calavis for our Hunting Seasons theme song. You can find his work at soundcloud.com slash classicjrex. Uh, please, 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 if you don't mind, we would very much appreciate it if you would go onto iTunes or whatever streaming platform you're using to find us and give us a review. Throw us some stars, five stars preferably. Um, helps us to get noticed by others who may like to listen or, you know, share this around. Share this on Facebook. Share this on Twitter. Share this with people you think might be interested too. That would be Awesome. Next week, we'll be back to talk about Master of None Season 2. Who would have thought? (laughs) In the meantime, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.
1: Earbuds, Melbourne's podcast network.
3: Earbudsnetwork.com.